Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome to Enter the Dragonair's Den, a Pokemon Go TV, Pokemon Go team-based PvP podcast. I am TVP the veteran Taco Dog, TVP TV Dinner. <laughs> I am the veteran Taco Dog, joined by the twelve-time legend Jet Force Gemini. It's good to be back in the states. How are you doing? I miss you. I missed you so much. Honestly, it's good to have <laughs> you back stateside. It's it's good not to flinch every time the normal podcast time rolled around and have having to remember like no I'm an hour ahead of Taco now. <laughs> this this is true. Hours. This is true. Like oh my goodness yeah if you had texted me during like hey aren't we supposed to be recording I'd be like dude I'm like a, like I'm I'm way behind like I'm still at work. <laughs> yeah well and so that's that's like that was one of my two things and then I, I can I can say that I once again managed to keep myself from ordering iced tea while I was in Canada because that's that's a tripping point for me they always uh, add sweetener to their tea just like it's like it comes out of the soda machine there like they don't do fresh iced tea I want to hate Canada for doing that but at the same time I'm like but it's sweet tea or just like all the liquid sugar just settle at the bottom I mean, like it's it's in there, it's 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 mixed in or whatever. But like I I do I do unsweetened, so it's just one of those things that I need to remember is different culturally. Jet, we gotta have a serious talk about tea. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're talking from like a, a su- one southerner. Like unsweet tea is a sin; it should be purged from this earth. But apparently, in the Midwest, when you ask for tea, they believe in the heathen unsweetened tea. And Midwestern people it's, who who like unsweet tea, I will fight you. I mean, you can't take the sweetener out. So <laughs> at least like giving people the option of having it is nice. But you can't you can't give someone a glass of unsweet tea with ice in it and then say, Oh well there's some sweetener though you can put in it and mix it. No. You gotta have it warm or hot so the tea so the sugar dissolves. All right, but anyway, I'll just I'll <laughs> get this aside. This is not a see, this is not a debate on tea. This is Pokemon Go we're talking about here. Jet, I have some pretty pretty good news. What is your good news? I started a new job. Hey, yeah, I'm like hopping jobs did, every seven months. It's great. <laughs> are, are they are they you know gonna actually train you this time? Yes, I started on Thursday the seventh. And we're now, well, while we're recording, it's the 12th. I have been watching videos and taking copious amounts of notes on, like, how we do things. That tomorrow, the 13th, I will finally be able to start doing finance stuff. It is great. I am loving it. So so what you're saying is they, they can't hold your lack of training against you? Yes, and I can't use the, I haven't been trained on this comment. So, well... <laughs> You're in it for real this time, it sounds like. <laughs> exactly. And then I recently turned 28. I'm getting older. It's and that was... It means you're still alive. Yeah. It means I Your leveled birthday, up. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. The good thing is, is I don't like to say I got older. I like to say I leveled up. It sounds cooler because I'm a nerd. What's your dumb stat? Is it really that hard? It's intelligence. Actually, no, it's wisdom. <laughs> no, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. Oh, it's wisdom. <laughs> It's wisdom. Wisdom's my dump stat. 
Because if it, if, it, if it was intelligence, I should I should probably look for a different job because it's numbers based. Leave the calculations to somebody else. Exactly. So with that, how was the rest of your week? Uh, pretty good. Like sibling time was was great, and I had a pretty uneventful return trip. Like uh, it was a super early flight, but. The, the only hiccup was it got delayed a couple hours, and by the time that came through, like, I was already through customs and everything, so it didn't really matter. It's just like, okay, well, I won't sit down. I'm gonna get my steps in, catch some more <laughs> stuff with the quad dust. That's true. I almost forgot about the dust. I'm so close to two million, too. I was, I was slightly sad because I, there was one backscaliber, not backscaliber, the, the tiny version. Yeah, there was little little guy over by check-in after I was already through everything, and I was like, no! Oh, no! But it's fine. It's no big deal. Just still still need one. <laughs> I haven't even seen the shadow either, so we're, we're in the same boat there. I don't know. Unfortunately... It's, just more, it's, it's more torturous having seen the shadow twice. Oh, it makes you feel better. I haven't seen it. Every time that somebody's called out an Artibac spawn... I'm sitting at my office, and they call it out on the other side of town, so I can't even say, oh, I'm going to go on a quick 15-minute break and go get it. <laughs> quick smoke break. <laughs> smoke so, beards on my bike. Exactly. So we do have to talk a little bit about it with some Niantic news. First things first, we'll get the goods out of the way. We got Vigavolt Community Day coming up on the 23rd. And I think, if I remember correctly, that is the a Triple Stardust event. I could be wrong. That sounds that sounds worth fact checking. Yeah, because I don't want to go out and say like, "Oh, Taco, you were wrong." It's actually supposed to be this. I feel like it was no I w- most of the other bonuses. I was wrong. It's three times catching experience. Gotcha. And, and you wait, get a uh, volt switch. That's not even this weekend. That's next weekend. Yeah, but I'm still gonna announce it anyway. Yeah. Oddish research day I totally forgot about. Yeah, I'm not doing that event. I'm staying home and I'm playing more Baldur's Gate. There's the... Actually, I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm training... <laughs> Look, I shouldn't say I'm playing more Baldur's Gate because I'm supposed to be training for the regional in Peoria. I'm excited to get a few more chances at some of these grass shinies that I still don't have, especially the Paris and the... Sh- I'm going to ask, and I hope this doesn't come off as rude, but you didn't get a Paris during Spotlight Hour? No, I got a lot of dust, though. Oh, okay. Well, that that was good. I got one shiny Paris, and I was happy with that. I said, nope, I'm done with this. Time to go home. And then it's like, oh, you got ten minutes of, of double dust. I'm going back outside. So there's that. And then we've got the Psychic Spectacular event with Jet does not like, but I like it because it has the Psychic Cup meta, which is a meta that is so smooth brain, someone like me can figure it out. I like the part where we get the Legendary Beast. Yeah, I could always get another Raikou. And I need a little bit more Genesect XL. Max the Ice ones. Just the fact that it's fire is kind of meh, but... <laughs> but it's the Burn Drive, which... I don't know if that means anything. The burn drive can be shiny. 
Yeah, I can, can do a shine, even though they said initially, like, oh no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> it's really great. Yeah, Niantic never gets it wrong, except in this next part. I was like, which, speaking of getting it wrong. Which, I don't know if we can really blame Niantic for this one. Aside from maybe their security, I, but... Cause yeah, you like need I, to I jump... think you have to hold that against them. That's why I said, like, this is probably, like, the one thing we can hold is, like, their their security on it. But if you're using compromised device, you're already, like, there, there's nothing that you can build around that. Because a, a, a rooted device is something that is designed to get around security checks. Because you can't, you can't over-engineer something. Otherwise, it wouldn't be worth making, the, making it in the first place because it would cost too much money. But anyway, what we're talking about is the latest exploit in GBL. Apparently, it has been leaked or somebody broke the story, but we have to give props to Pokey AK because a lot of people were saying he was right. So, a broken clock is right twice a day. I'll be the first to say it. I've said it myself before. I mean, I don't... I don't want to give him credit. It's not like it's a Niantic thing. Like the part that we're blaming Niantic for is the is the security issue. But yeah, the the Bear. process itself is is entirely user end. Yeah, because you need to jump through a lot of hoops. To this you need two devices. You need to play Pokemon Go on the rooted device. But what essentially happens is there's a Discord server out there when you queue into the Go Battle League. Within seconds of your opponent starting a match against you, they have access to your fast moves and your charge moves. And that's pretty much it. Like, Well, you skip the part where it gives them the whole lineup, including like their levels and CP and everything. Oh, I wasn't looking at I wasn't looking that far. I just saw the, the moves and I was like, wow, this is already an unfair advantage. Because like knowing what moves it is, you can't bluff like Ampharos, for example, which has... Zap Cannon, Focus Blast, Brutal Swing, and Trailblaze, and Thunder Punch. You can't build up to a Focus Blast. No, you can't have it. And then bait with a Brutal Swing. You can just, like, call every bait if they wanted yeah, to. What, what what bait? Yeah. So I can definitely see the issues on this. A part of me a part of me is a little myth that, like, you know, people climb a GBL, and some people really put effort into, like, making the leaderboards, and they have pride in doing that. And then you have cheaters that just come in and like ruin it. But the more competitive or the less competitive side of me is like, wait, it's GBL. This isn't supposed to be competitive. If you want to like show a test of skill, do the freaking Battle Frontier or do specialized metas or even go to a play Pokemon event. Like that's where the true skill lies. And you can afford the the ticket to get over there. But we're not going to talk about that for right now. So I've, I've, I've always been a little bit skeptical of the people who exclusively play gbl and don't play any of the show six or it's just like okay sure whatever yeah and this isn't well it's not gonna sound it's gonna sound mean but this doesn't mean to be said in any malice like if you enjoy gbl and you just like climbing competitively good for you that we can get on if you enjoy you know gbling but you cheat your way you're nothing but a poopy face head and i hope all of your matches even with your super duper pooper scooper cheating devices are all decided by cmp and you losing cmp and then you lose the match and go 05 that's that's probably the most violent thing i'll say on this podcast for the next two minutes <laughs> yeah until, <laughs> until we choose violence again but yeah i i detest cheaters like I'm, I'm really glad that the people in the battle frontier for now 
has all kind of said like we're not doing this we're not using it if anybody finds out about this they're automatically kicked the admin team has publicly come out and said that and i agree with them if you cheat you deserve to be fired off into the surface of the sun not even yeah. sacrificed to the volcano gods it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make sense like the that 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 can't be why you're here right like come on yeah it's like just just play the game fair show that you know if you lose you lost because somebody outplayed you or one of Niantic's many lag instances. But yeah, it, it's a game. Come on. Don't don't ruin the fun because at the end of the day, you only cheat yourself. And if you cheat yourself, you're scum at the bottom of my shoe, essentially. I think that's all I have to say on it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty comprehensive. Yeah. I didn't want to spend too much time on it, so it's bad. Cheating's bad, and now it's time to move on to the the important parts. You know, my favorite, the battle frontier. Because we had some battles. Actually, no. Okay, I think it's been less than two minutes by the time that it's been happening. But I need <laughs> to choose violence again, captains. Please, for the love of Arceus, report your gosh darn best. It's not fair that. Well, then here I am getting on my high horse. But like as a writer or like looking at matches to see like, oh, this looks neat. This is neat. It's not fair that a match is consistently in eight to seven. And then I have to go into the match to pull out. Oh, no, they actually won. Two people just didn't report on the side of the captains. Like both of y'all have to report for the, the, the scores to go through because then that messes with the standings. And yeah, no, it's not fun. So please. As soon as you know what happens, as soon as your teammates let you let you like know what the final score was, just report it, please. Well, on the plus side, it is fine for us at least, like doing these like after the whole week is done. But yeah, like if you if you're actively trying to follow a matchup, like it's it's pretty misleading while it's ongoing if one of the captains hasn't reported. Yeah, and I'll use this as an example. There was a team I really wanted to talk about, but they never reported their matchups until like the very end. So I said, yeah, no, I'm just going to another team. Ooh, this one looks interesting. And I just, you know, started using that. And we'll get to that in a minute. But please, captains, if you're listening, and I know at least some of y'all do, please just report your matches. This is like me talk or not being meany, but like, you know, it, it's all in good fun too. The communication issues, we'll get to that in a second. But just, I know captains have a little bit harder on their plate, which is why they have the team managers to back it up, but somebody's got to do it. There's two eyes in, in the spreadsheet. Anyway, so we're going to start with pool number one and go until the time says we have to stop, which is probably pool number three. So if you did something awesome in pools four, five, and six. I'm sorry, mostly. I mean... We've got time for a brief shout out, but as far as deep dives go, yeah, we're, we're kind of just going <laughs> to split it down the middle each week. Yep. The first I want to I want to say that the first week was completely wild and there was something that I forgot to mention. If you win your matchup, you get an additional 22 points added plus your games won, which I guess kind of shakes out the bracket when we get like towards the end for tiebreakers. You know, like those wins really, really matter. And they can mean the difference between getting a top two spot, getting a wild card spot, or getting bumped down to the losers to the to the bottom thirty-two. I was gonna say losers for a second, but we're all yeah. winners here. 
I'm curious how that's going to shake out balance was like an arbitrary number right now and it might need some fine-tuning but I think it's a nice incorporation instead of like having a like points score that's separate from game score like if that makes mm -hmm. sense like making sure that those two things are actually a little bit more <laughs> attached this is true this yeah, also we'll, means we'll, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out by the end of the seven weeks yeah, this also means that 43 points is the maximum points that can be scored on any given week. That is the equivalent of a 21 to 0 plus the 22 points. We had one team get really, really close. They got 40 points. Hats off goes to Electrum in pool number 6 for getting an 18 to 3 over the Thunder Squirrels. And that's all I'm going to say about that matchup. Because the other ones, they're in the top. They're up at the top. So we'll dive into those later. So starting in pool number one, we had, golly, here I thought this was going to go the other way, but Barktown Boomers got a 16-5 win over TNT Fingles. iCarly PvP loses base, loses a really close matchup against the Oxus Alberta form. Sky Dragons Gaming and Slark Paper Scissors looks like there was some communication issues, and so the final score was 11-9. And then finally, Thunderdome and Delibirds the Word square off with Thunderdome taking a 14-7 victory over Delibirds the Word. The current top four matches are obviously Barktown Boomers at number one, Thunderdome number two, Deoxys Alberta for number three, and Sky Dragons Gaming over at number four, with five points separating places one through four. So already we're getting into some cutthroat matches. Who do we want to check up on for for week one? I think, and because this was a massive upset, we should do Barktown Boomers and TNT Fingles. It only seems right. Just to, just to see what they were working with? Yeah. All right. Okay. So pulling up the score, in the open Great League slot, we had Silent Beast 4, a an up-and-coming player, honestly because i've seen his name come up in winter circles more often than not going up against derp fiscus silent i want to call him like just a or derp ficus player right now yeah he definitely riding the the hot the hot fingers hot hand we're gonna go with hot hand because hot, <laughs> hot fingers sounds fingers. suggestive <laughs> oh, yeah hot fingers sounds really suggestive so we're going with hot hand so uh, silent beast brings alone sand slash the shadow version Gligar, Lantern, Surfetch, Manibuzz, and Chrysalia, where Derp Ficus brings Metacham, Sableye, Gligar, Registeel, Toxapex, and Lickitung. Shadow Gligar. Shadow Gligar, excuse me, yes. So right off the bat, we are seeing from Derp's side the Metacham, Sableye, and Registeel core, with just like a lot of bulk on this team. I think the weakest would be that Shadow Gligar. Versus Silent Beast looks like it had a more offensive-oriented team with Shadow Lone Sandslash, Shadow Gligar, and Surfetch. With he has you know, a regular Gligar. Yeah, that. <laughs> Curse <laughs> you. <laughs> However, with the Mana Buzz and Chrysalia and Lantern in the back, that's three walls and three attackers versus five walls and one attacker. I probably would want to say Silent Beast had the advantage because they were just over able to overwhelm Derp with the offensive firepower. Not to mention like Gligar, Shadow Slash, 
and Surfetch all make sure that Registeel, Toxapex, and Lickitung are covered for the most part. Um, just so you know, and I mean, anyone, anyone else who maybe might find this interesting, Sableye, the bulk is comparable to a Venusaur. So oh. I know you're used to it just in that kind of taking advantage of its typing and like walling or being reliable safe swap, but it's, it's not because it's super bulky. It's, it's, oh. it's just got nice coverage and nice typing. Okay, today I learned. I'll be saying that a lot yeah. throughout this throughout this episode, but that's okay. <laughs> so yeah, here I thought Gligar, Gligar Sableye was just an unbreakable wall, but now you put it into perspective on that, it's like, oh, it's just a Venusaur with better typing. Neat. Yeah. So then I'll amend my statement to two attackers and four walls. But my my stance still stays the same with I think the offensive firepower on Silent Beast side was able to overwhelm Derp side pretty handily. Well, and and you've got a pretty huge trade-off here, right? Like Silent Beast is not running a Metachamp, which is kind of the the standout for what <laughs> Niantic was, I think, at least partly trying to make a not as much a Metacham meta. They have really cemented it again as the top Pokemon, but running without it means a couple things, right? You can count on most teams having dedicated Metacham answers just because it's it's kind of assumed that you'll have it because it's it's just it's almost too good not to use but i mean silent beast is here proving that it's not and in this i think this is like one of the first times we've had what is essentially a completely open great league meta like utterly unrestricted um with with some interesting picks like the fact that surfetched is in is also super interesting uh, the the heavy lifter for me in this scenario really looks like that shadow low and sand slash so fits your narrative of the attacker and then it's it's really just up to the rest make sure it doesn't find that meta jam somewhere yeah i can definitely i can definitely get behind that i was also looking towards whoopsies I was also looking towards, like, the... Where's that tab? Here's the tab. The Metachamp, or excuse me, the Shadow Lone Sand Slash also does look like a great, like great call-out because it beats Shadow Gligar, Registeel, and Toxapex, and you really just have to worry about Metacham, like you were saying. But on Silent Beast side, the only, I would say, like, good wall to it would be Chrysalia. And it's not like you can th- you can dump in Sableye to try to you know whittle it down because you can get caught by a Moonblast and you know best of luck to you, buddy. So we might be seeing the emergence of a good of a new core for Open Greatly. BRB, well, I'm writing notes and... down. <laughs> this is this is still one of those lanterns still here doing lantern things even after the, the spark change like uh, doubt anyone's surprised but it's it's taking advantage of the, the quote-unquote new meets old meta <laughs> yeah but i would i think say probably make an argument if you wanted to have another glygar check you put water gun on this thing yeah and, and that is 
the the nice part about it now is that your your pacing to the charge moves the same no matter what your fast move is so you might miss out on some particular typing dominance like the the lantern into the toxapex for example if you don't have the spark but gaining the confidence uh, to go into the glygar could be enough reason to lean more again Right, and especially because you have two other two other Pokemon that wall Toxapex with Gligar and Alolan Sandslash. For the most part, Gligar would be a little iffy, but I think you get to you get to digs faster than Toxapex gets to brines. Now I'm going to yeah, fact it's, check it's, myself it's in similar. real time. Yeah, <laughs> well, because they both have the two turn fast moves, right? And I don't, I don't mind on this very first one, especially since this is our first time in a team format with this new season and all the updates and stuff. If we just take a little bit longer on this first matchup to kind of get a lot of our, our baseline thoughts out of the way. Like, I was also looking over <laughs> the Mandibuzz and thinking, oh yeah, that's, that's another winner from this go-around because of the, the aerial ace change. Yeah, we are going to be seeing a lot. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more Mandibuzzes. Just yeah. maybe and, not... and similar similar to the lantern, you have you have options as far as what your fast move is. So, All right. So Gligar does win in an e- e- all even shield scenarios. So because it does outpace to the, it does outpace to the dig before Toxapex gets to the brine. So we'll u- we'll go with that information. We'll use that information as we see fit. <laughs> As are well, all the other and, competitors. And I doubt, <laughs> I doubt the brine is lethal on its own anyway. Like, that move is... It's okay, it's, right? But coming off move. of an almost non-existent attack stat, like... Yeah, it it only does about 37% damage. Yeah, it's it's not the same level of threat, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, where it, I think where our, our, does... our other takeaway is with Gligar itself, right? Yeah. Gligar's definitely been... I think Gligar's got is getting the Nido Queen treatment where they just buff certain moves and as an unattended consequence, we now have a nice shiny flying scorpion to use. Well and, and similar even to something like a Noctowl that was just outside of usage before the wing attack buff, like and even now like continues to be an option. Like it's it's not as oppressive as, as the days of the Trevenant Lantern Noctowl Triangle but still but they did they did buff Noctowl beforehand because they gave it Shadow Ball and then they made it broken by giving it a wing attack buff or just buffing wing attack in general but I digress <laughs> do you have any final thoughts before we move on into the open ultra league I, I hope that we see more teams like Silent Beast is fielding where I get I get that it's week one of this new format and uh, Derp Ficus has a lot of reliable familiar faces as far as Great League is concerned with the, the Shadow Blackar kind of coming in for the, the new season slot but apart from that like 
the the two safest safe swaps, the number one Pokemon overall, and then two of the bulkiest Pokemon. Is like, I hope we get a little bit more offensive weight, and that this shows that you can get away with it. Yeah, play it fast and loose. I'm I'm honestly <laughs> all for that. <laughs> you a little, know me. A little more, a little more pressure, like keeps things fun. But I get kind of leaning back on on what can be looked at as a little bit cookie cutter, I guess. Fair. Okay. So in the Open Ultra League, we had Tommy W going up against Fuiken T. Tommy brought Heliodisc, Heliolisc, excuse me, Shadow Steelix, Tapu Fini, Shadow Hitmonchan, Shadow Gliscor, and Trevenant. And T brought Shadow Swampert, Charizard, Shadow Olon Sandslash, Galissapod, Toxicroak, and Regirock. So right off the bat, Shadow Swampert definitely went off here. Right? It had to. I was I was I was just gonna give props to the Shadow Chan for Ultra League. Like that's a I mean Ultra League in general is already a huge investment, but Yeah, those, especially those full XL shadows are always like okay, I see you. We get props there. And then Shadow Hitmonchan getting counter, fire punch, and thunder punch, maybe kind of handle Galesopod a little bit better and Charizard would be kind of my my guess because aside from Tabofini and Heliolist, Charizard can do a lot of damage to the rest of the team. Or excuse me, regular Charizard. I don't know why I've been saying Shadow this whole time. <laughs> the way the shadows are set up on the on the dock make it close, like for the for the top team to the name of the Pokemon below it, so I get the right. association. <laughs> uh, as as for the Hitmonchan set, there there's there's just so many options. You can you can always run close combat or pup, and I like especially off the shadow. Like they can just chunk or get you in such a good position, especially if you have um, one of the elemental punches you can count on outside of the fighting move for overall neutral coverage. Um, I like your I like your Thunder Punch idea, just because that outside of the Swampert is neutral or better. And for the Swampert, like if you have fighting damage, like that's that's solid. And it, yeah, I, I wonder I wonder if you if you're if you're Tommy, like if you're brave enough to actually play the Trevenant into this team, where you kind of need it for the Shadow Swamp. Yeah, because Swampert has an excellent matchup into everything that isn't named Trevenant for the most part. The aside from you know Tapu Fini being there, even let, even Fini, you're you're most likely in this scenario not going to run Earthquake, right? Like, no, I put Sludge Wave on it. Yeah, so do at least have have coverage for the Fini, so it's not like you're getting walled like you might in GBL just for the blind coverage um and heliolis can have trailblaze now so like there are some like points of danger i want to check steelix matchup too just because like with the debuffs and everything it might be weird now yeah because on the with because steelix is unfortunate still losing to the swampert and the alone sand slash 
with debuffs. Uh, Toxicroak, you might be able to get away with being a Toxicroak if you slap on a Psychic Fangs and Breaking Swipe, and you just use it as like a debuff mon. But Celex definitely has to watch out for Regirock, Toxicroak, TM, Asterisk, you know, and Charizard in this case. And I totally forgot Hilo this got access to Trailblaze. I thought it just got Breaking Swipe. Is that, is that inaccurate? What's that? Oh no, it's it's Ampharos. Yeah, so I, I had that one mixed up. You're right. It's just it's just breaking swipe. Okay. So Swampert wins even more now, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. So they they have the the debuffs, but not not the coverage that I thought. So I think it would be kind of safe to say that. T kind of brought more firepower and was able to overcome Tommy despite getting debuffed to the end and back. Yeah, I think I think Tommy was just in a little bit of a tricky spot because of not having so many direct Swampert answers. Like the Hitmonchan might be okay. Yeah, it's it's not it's not great even in the one but it does win the zero with close combat so that's that's worth noting oh well that is still interesting or i mean if you wanted to shield the hitmonchan like that looks a little bit more solid gotcha Alrighty. so yeah i think like how you were saying that i thought swampert was just like the go-to pick Especially with Sludge Wave, you're hitting everything for neutral or better in this case. Yeah, and, and I mean, the one plus for Trevenant, at least in Ultra, is compared to Great League, like, the, the Sludge Wave isn't quite the same death sentence. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you've actually got some stats on the thing by the time you're in Ultra. You have max out level 40 stats instead of level 22 stats yeah i mean it does still do over half but the point is you can survive it (laughs) yeah it's not yeah it's not immediate death all right ready to move on to the master league yeah let's let's see how people are looking at master league this time so in the master league we had sean mmus going up against chef tj new Chef TJ was able to pull off a 3-0 victory. Uh, Sean brought Xerneas, Haxorus, Gyarados, Genesect, Gardevoir, Mega Charizard X, and Mega Charizard X, excuse me. And, Z- and TJ brought Zacian, Heatran, Florgis, Gyarados, Swampert, and Altered Form Garatina. So no Mega on TJ's side, which kind of makes this a little in- more interesting. What moves does Heatran get in GBL? Because this is interesting for me. Well, it had the Magma Storm update. Magma Storm, Iron Head, Earth Power, and Stone Edge. I'm not counting Fire Blast and Flamethrower because it has Magma Storm. So yeah, it, has, it has direct upgrade moves. So and it had yeah. So it'd be Fire Spin. Okay, so assuming it has Iron Head and Magma Storm and Fire Spin, Heatran would take out Gardevoir 
and Genesect handled it pretty well, all things considered. Oh, did I mention the Gardevoir was Shadow? I don't remember. But it was Shadow. Cool, cool flex either way. Yeah. <laughs> so Heatran being able to take out Gardevoir and Genesect really easily. It might have some issues with Xerneas, thanks to close combat. It actually has to... Xerneas has to land two close combats to knock it out. Assuming it shields. So it's it's a little bit of a toss-up there. I'd say, like, there's threatening moves on both sides. Yeah, so that one would be a little on the dicier side. And then Zacian... Golly, where do I even start? If you put Play Rough on this thing and say Wild Charge because you're going to hit... You're going to hit everything for neutral or better with those two moves. Zacian takes care of Haxorus, Mega Charizard X, and you can use Wild Charge to take care of the Gyarados. Do you actually take care of the Mega Charizard X? I'm checking, right? I'm double checking. But I, I, I <laughs> but said I mean, it can, already. You can still run the wing attack on it, right? Like, and Oh, that's right. Wing attack blast burn, like you're, you're fine there. You're you oh wait I, I gotta change the moves play rough because play rough wow, is charge. just neutral oh you're still oh never mind you're still losing but if it has dragon breath nope you're still losing who is losing Zacian. yeah wing, wing attack mega charizard x is oppressive to say the least so in that case you would have to use swampert no or what about Gyarados? I'm going to see if Gyarados would. I'm going to throw a Gyarados at it. Maybe it'll work. Oh, it does. Neat. Yeah, there you're getting the super effective Dragon Breaths against it. So that, that makes sense. And then, you know, actually okay, so, resisting Last Burn helps. So Heatran, Gyarados, that combination would work out really well. And maybe if you needed Swampert to kind of clean up, you could do that. I'm trying to make it work somehow, but I'm just in shock that the fact that TJ did not bring a man to pull off a sweep. Yeah, it's it's one of those where it's going to be fun to see how people deal with different tiers in the meta, just with using their points and stuff. Like, here we have both of the fairies being the big investment, and... Here, Tina for uh, Chef TJ. I don't think Garatina actually came out to Tina? play. I mean, just having the bulk hanging out is something. Like they were, what were like? I guess that's kind of them. Like the the question is is what were they wanting coverage for with that with that three point pick? I see. But yeah, we've got we've got Florges and Gyarados. The, the, the kind of question mark one for me is the Haxorus. Haxorus gets access to Earthquake, right? Yeah. So if all else failed, you could use it as a debuffing Mon and an Earthquake user for Heatran? Maybe? I'm just yeah, trying like, to make I'm, sense I'm of sure that. It's, 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 it, yeah, it's, it's fine. And 
heat ran, especially with counter, but I don't I don't know how many heat ran we're gonna see. <laughs> if this is if this is kind of an outlier, but against steel in general maybe, it's at least got some play or like into Metagross if those pop up. Gotcha. By the way, according that, to the again a zero point. I see. But by the way, according to the meta usage chart, Heatran was seventh on the list of most used Pokemon last week. Okay, so probably. <clears throat> and that's, I mean, that's probably a direct response to some of the bans, right? Yeah. Alrighty. So, congrats. Although I guess, I guess base form Groudon and Kogar are still in. It's just interesting that we didn't see either of them here. I think that's because they were a little on the too expensive side and they wanted to slot in different mons. Yeah, Ground was Ground and Kyogre Kyogre was ranked ninth and Groudon was fourteenth respectively in the meta usage. So it looks like that they were outclassed by something else. Points wise, obviously. Yeah, well and with yeah, Groudon being a four point, like I, I understand leaning toward the fairies for the four point picks. Like they're they're pretty reliable right now. The Lugia, or sorry, not the Lugia. The Kyogre is one that I'm gonna be a little surprised we don't see as much of. Gotcha. All right, ready to move on to the fields? Yeah, let's let's head back to the Great League. All right, to the Great League. -da 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 -da. So in the first Aurora Cup slot, we had. Anthony Cubchu go up against Sotiri. Anthony brought Shadow Olin Ninetales, Mandibuzz, Chrysalia, Lickitung, Lantern, and Metacham. Meanwhile, Sotiri brought Frostlass, Boo, Over er, Meganium, Aurorus, Chrysalia, Double, and Metacham. So it looks like Anthony Cubchu was able to take a 2-1 victory over Sotiri. And judging by I would say, judging by the team, that Ligatung had to put in some work. I wonder if it's like a, a Shadow Lone, Nine Ninetales and Ligatung core with like Metacham or Mandibuzz in the back. Well, and this is <laughs> this is that whole there there are no charm resist thing kind of right away, right? Correct. Yeah, so this cup is nothing resist charm. Charm is going to hit you for neutral or better. And if you have a move that is super effective against fairies, or, yeah, if you have a move that's super effective against fairies, it's banned. So no steel types or poison types or fire types allowed. Which is interesting, to say the least, to say, to say the least, honestly. But I, I like, depending on when Aurora's came out, it had to draw the ire of Lantern or Metacham. Or, actually, wait. Before I say it, does Lickitung beat Aurora's in the Great League? I would assume that it's close. I'm not super familiar with that one. I'm checking right now. Like, Lickitung obviously has to land the power whip, probably. Like, I don't think it is get away with just... It is very close. Oh, but what's it called? Aurora's has to land the meteor beam. Yeah, so it looks like it averages out to kind of a wash. 
yeah, so that that's a very even even scenario in this case. So I'll stand, I'll go back to what I said with Shadow with the Shadow Law and Nine Tails, Metacham, and still with Ligatung in the back. Like that covers most of, if not all, of what Sotiri brings. Well, and kind of biggest issues for oh no in the end game as long as you're baiting out the crest or the meganium I, I assume are kind of the the two that we're looking at uh, now I want to look at how it does against the Aurorus while I have that up which mon was it again? the little nine tails like just to get an idea yeah they have to land the meteor beam Eep. But yeah, so the little oh, nine tails wins the two shield pretty hard though. Um, Is that with running charm okay, or so... with outer snow? Oh, charm. I see. Yeah. Yeah, powder snow. I, I don't think you're you're getting away with it, but I, I don't think you would run powder snow into this team. And eventually, if you're running a shadow charmer in this meta and not running charm, like. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it, seems, <laughs> it seems like weird use of a slot, but yeah, you, you can kind of count on Ninetales to take out one Pokemon just full stop. Um, it's it's a little bit one of those how do you how do you take a meaningful advantage back out of it and like how yeah how do you how do you even threaten the rest? That's true. I think this is what... I, I kind of want to just like, go through one at a time to see. Yeah, what I would I was be gonna surprised say is... if there's any of these. Sorry, go on. What I was, oh, no, no worries. What I was originally going to say was, I think the Aurora Cup kind of... Kind of what it, it's designed to do, obviously it was supposed to be a meme, a meme cup, but... I think it's kind of designed to like test trainers of okay, if you lose a mon because of charm or fairy types in general, how are you going to get that advantage back? Well, and and this is just a little bit of an object lesson, I guess, going forward, um, both for us commenting on it and then also players is you have to have a couple dedicated answers that can at least keep your shield advantage in the two shield right but then wouldn't that just kind of devolve around hang on I had to stop myself for a second wouldn't that just kind of devolve around throwing your bulgus mon at the shadow charmer I mean essentially yes and is is that is that enough though and it's it's at least they found a solution, but that 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 is just kind of an oppressive presence on any battle matrix when you can go to the two shield and see you're in an 06 scenario. <laughs> That's a yikes. All right. Yeah. I don't think so, this is um, a frost. I'm, I'm curious. Anymore. I'm curious what I'm curious what is gonna pop up. Like I'm I'm looking ahead and seeing that there was success in in that department um the other way even though they had 
Shadow and Nine Tails again, but um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what we can pick up from the differences here. Yeah. Okay. So with that being said, would you like to take a look at the other Aurora Cup matchup? See what yeah, we can we, we gotta... kind of see. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta see how how they made it work. All right. So in this in the second Aurora Cup matchup, we had Daniel. Daniel L. Long, L. Long, oh whatever, going up against Hayleaf eighty eight. Daniel brought Shadow Alola Nine Tails, Metacham, Frostlass, Chrysalia, Lickitung, and Mandibuzz into Hayleaf's Lickitung, Noctowl, Metacham, Chrysalia, Lantern, and regular Alola Nine Tails. I might have I might have heard wrong, but did you say Hayleaf for both players? No, I said Daniel for the first for the first player. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was just on on the name already, I guess. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But Hayleaf, despite not having the Shadow alone on Nine Tails, was able to take a 3-0 victory over Daniel. I do want to say well, Frostlass and... showed up on the losing team, so I think Frostlass equals you lose. <laughs> so far it's two it's two for two on the losing side uh i was i was gonna say the regular all the nine tails goes a long way though in being an answer to the shadow because those charm mirrors are an exact simul ko like in all even scenarios interesting so if you take out the the two nine tails you're essentially left with hmm, a pretty even split you've got your metacham you like a tongue, your flyer, your wall, and then it'd be lantern versus frostlass. Which, if this was a water gun lantern, it would make it a little easier to handle frostlass. I think. How so? Because doesn't doesn't lantern do better in the frostlass matchup when it runs water gun? Because you're you're being more oppressive with your fast move pressure so this is this is one of the new season things lantern is in the position where both water gun and spark generate energy at the same rate and spark does more damage than water gun okay so in this in this scenario you would want to have water gun or excuse me spark on it instead of water gun and like i I can i can double check myself but i'm pretty sure no need i just looked it up (laughs) Spark is better a better move to use against the the Frostlass. Just in, in in neutral neutral matchups, like it's it's worth knowing that that's the amount of change that has gone into. Excuse me. This is interesting. Okay, so fact checked in real time. I enjoy it, but in all seriousness, the it looks like the only thing that Lantern has to fear is the Chrysalia on the other side. Or, I lied. Chrysalia and the Ligaton. They have access to grass moves, and grass moves make lanterns sad. Yeah, and there's there's just no way to get rid of them quickly, is kind of the other the other half of that, right? <laughs> you can throw Noctile at Chrysalia and, at, or Ligaton, but you're, you're not winning. You're just chipping it for the next team to come in. I feel like Ligaton is also a... F- bulkier and spammier that maybe it does well into the shadow charm as well checking 
Oh my god. Clicking on things. Alright, yeah. assuming so. It has... that at least... losing. Yeah, well, and it becomes at least a check to the two shield uh, and the zero. Which I feel like is a fine trade off. And then it's literally CMP loss in the one. So you get one lick in ahead and you're fine. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So that's, yeah, so that's, that at least makes sense in my brain. Um, I feel like Noctowl looks a lot better here now that, like, the ices aren't as scary. Yeah, because you really only have to worry about Metachamp with Ice Punch or getting outbolts by Chrysalia. Even into Cresselia, though, I would be surprised if that doesn't lean Noctowl most of the time because of Shadow Ball. But it would be a non-stab Shadow Ball, no? I'm gonna look that up as well. Yeah, I mean, let's yeah, <laughs> let's let's get our our basis out of the way. Oh no! So it actually, I stand corrected. It would be Noctowl winning in the one and two shields, or in all even shield scenarios. It just went straight Shadow Ball. Interesting. So yeah, the this matchup in general just looks so much more playable, right? Like, you can be so much less focused on the Shadow Lola Ninetales and that Nightmare 2 shield because you, you have answers. This is true. Keep up. And I feel like that's a nice little learning experience okie dokie yeah this this cup is definitely or the aurora cup or field is definitely going to be one that it, i'm going to want to keep my eye on a little bit yeah and I, and I mean just like any meta i hope i hope this one evolves and i'm glad that shadow alone nine tail strat didn't <laughs> sweep like if, if anything like this was actually a win for Barktown because they came out of it ahead 4-2. to two. Yeah. It's a good job, Satir, for getting points even though you brought Frostlass. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I can see the angry comments on Saturday now. I did not like the fact that you made fun of the queen. And I would say skill issue. <laughs> All, all engagement is good engagement, right? Yeah, totally. There's no such thing as bad press. <laughs> do you want to do Savannah Cup? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So in Savannah Cup, we had CS Height going up against JD Scooty. Now, CS Height brought Orangaroo, Dunsparce, Polyrath, Beedrill, Abomasnow, and Regirock, where JD brought Quillfish, Togedemaru, Orangaroo, Roserade, Dunsparce, and Buzzwool. JD really did not want Regirock to come out and play based on... Well, actually, no. Togedemaru would not run Gyro Ball. I mean, you, you might just as a move that's not Felstinger because it's it's kind of an iffy move. But, I mean, at least here you have a couple of targets for it, which is, to me, the biggest drawback of it sometimes is that unless you actually have something to hit with bug damage, like, it just does nothing. So you're really high risk for getting a shield. I mean, that's fair, because, oh my goodness, JD brings 
the Quillfish, the Roserade, the Dunsparce, the Buzzwool, and I guess we'll put Togedemaru in there for Gyroball. All of which have moves that will massively damage Regirock. Regirock. And even then, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on the Roserade. I think this was the unsung MVP because you don't need Leaf Storm. I said it once, I said it a thousand times. You can put Grass Knot on this thing. Grass Knot and Hidden and Weather Ball Fire. You'll thank me later. But, like, you do massive damage to Beedrill, massive damage to Obama Snow with the Weather Ball Fire. And then with Grass Knot, you're doing massive damage to Polyrath. You just have to watch out for the Ice Punch and massive damage to Regirock. And at the same time, Polyrath is still checked by Oranguru. So if you wanted, you can do an Oranguru, Roserade, and Buzzwool core. And you can cover almost every Pokemon on CS's team with two with like those three mods you can cover at least two two of the opposing opponent's team i like i like jd's pick and and roserade so the kind of point of focus for savannah cup is the polyrath regirock combo and the fact jd scooty brought neither of them and brought almost almost across the board answers like the the Dunsparce and like I'm surprised that Oranguru is on both teams but they're they're kind of in a similar position where their overall matchups are pretty solid like mm-hmm. it's it's a little weird like into Polyrath for example with Oranguru just because like your fast move damage is good but your bamiest charge move is foul play <laughs> so it's like <laughs> Do you, do you go for the nuke, or is it just enough extra pressure to be worth the throw? But in general, we we see the anti-meta team coming out ahead, and to me, that, that's, a, that's always a fun thing for week one, where you have... I mean, it's, it's almost a mirror of the Open Great League matchup, right? Where you had kind of stricter meta picks into something a little bit looser and the the anti the anti-meta coming out ahead again is is pretty fun yeah i like it when the anti-meta team wins but i'd still peg roserade it was like the mvp of this that that's my 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 vote yeah i'm i'm curious if we'll see or just in general, how the electric types are going to do over time. They are, with the exception, like, I don't, I don't even know if there's an exception, like, pretty well across the board, very glass cannony, but they have, as you can tell from this matchup, pretty strong alignment. Like, they, there was literally one electric resist on both teams, like, apart from the electric type itself. So, pretty pretty solid like I, I just wonder if we'll, we'll maybe start to see a few more electric types pop up going in next week but we definitely might especially with like Alolan Raichu with Bolt Switch Wild Charge and Grass Knot that could be a good rogue pick I probably wouldn't count out Magneton or Magnezone with the Bolt Switch Discharge and Magnet Bomb combination yeah and, and now that now that Volt Switch is in the mix it, it'll be a little bit more dynamic especially for something like a magneton like i might not expect it just because this is a 
non-shadow meta. So if people are going to set up a Magneton, a lot of the times it'll be a shadow. Um, but yeah, I'm curious how the other Savannah slot went because there's there's a lot of viable picks in Savannah in general, and it can lead to some very different matchups. True. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe I guess the fast move could. Well, no, I'd probably stake my fast move as Bullet Seed in this case for energy generation because you really want to spam out those weather ball fires i was talking so much about oh wait did rosary get any new moves magical leaf it did get magical leaf but it still recommends poison jab all right well maybe magical leaf would work too i mean at least you don't have to worry about the leap bastion for that but yeah if, if you're gonna not run Poison jab, like I imagine, bullet seed is probably the way. Just to take advantage of the energy. Ah. Wanna wanna check out the the other one? Absolutely. I'm I'm also oh, just oh, looking oh. up to see like the difference between the two with magical leaf and bullet seed. Gotcha. But yes. Yeah. No, you want bullet seed over magical leaf. <laughs> there, there's no no contest. Ain't. All right, I'll look at Poison Jam, just for shiggles. Yeah, no. Bullet Seed is definitely the way to go. Anyway, moving on to the next team. We have... In the last slot, we had... I don't know how to say this name. Judy? JDY? Yay, Triple D, Triple Y. Went up against... Aragorn is my king. Did he fulfill his oath? Did he summon the, the undead army to fulfill the oath? We'll find out soon enough. At least partly. In this case, yeah. <laughs> In this scenario, JD brought Wigglytuff, Giraffering, Tropius, Regirock, Tyrant, and Buzzwool. Whereas Aragorn brought Trevenant, Polyrath, Emolga, Roserade, Magnezone, and Regirock. So it looks like you were saying the Polyrath Regirock core would be really good which is like your first impressions of it it's kind of the the baseline for the meta and then we see here kind of similar to above the 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 buzzwool is looking like the most common sub for polyrath just because it's a fighter that also usually beats the polyrath and resists the steel types or excuse me resists the electric types not the steel types or at least is yeah neutral to them Apart from something like the Emolga, where it, can, it double takes advantage, especially with <laughs> Aerial Ace. Oh, that's, I, that's right. I'm used to Emolga only having acrobatics. Yeah, so you, it's, it's, it's a legitimate thing that now it can run double flying charge moves. I absolutely hate the fact that it can, but golly... Okay, well, in this case, I think in this case you had to bring... You couldn't bring double flyers or the double flying charge move because what could you do when Regirock or Tyrant hits the field, aside from Cry for Mommy? I mean, Tyrant, you're not hitting neutral either way, but Regirock is kind of the only one that would be a double resist. Right, and you do have one, two three four answers to regirock on aragorn side so 
it would make sense to swap out. Probably yeah. your probably your safest bet would be Roserade. Once again, we'll use Boltia as an example. I know I'm hyping up Roserade, but unfortunately, Roserade was on the losing team this time. Semantics aside. Yeah, like there's there's lots of tricky matchups here, and and I mean it's it's sort of what I like about Savannah Cup in general is that it's very difficult to set yourself up to have safe random matchups. <laughs> um, like like even safe swaps are pretty iffy. Gotcha. And then here we also have. I mean, I like the the double rock core here. I find it pretty, you know, what's the word? Pretty brave with like Trevenant, Polyrath, and Roserade running around, or even Magnazone. But you do shore it up with, you know, a counter user, Giraffering, <clears throat> excuse me, Giraffering, and then you have that Charmer in Wigglytuff that hits everything that isn't named Roserade or Magnazone for neutral or better. Yeah, I find I find the normals probably the most interesting off of JDY's team, where you could run. Uh, you have a couple options of fast moves on Giraffe like Wigglytuff. You're you're still stuck with Charm, but I mean it's fine in this meta. Like, uh, obviously Boomers both ran Electric Steels and Roserade, so they had to Charm resist on on both teams, but. Uh, I feel like there's there's also space for for charm in this meta, but it's it's coming kind of at a, at a different cost, right? Like coverage is is kind of specific for you to get away with it, and I'm not even sure that you beat like the Reggie Rock, for example. At least not with Wigglytuff. No, I don't think so. Even if you were to spam out disarming voice. Yeah, you just you just don't have you don't have time. Like those stone edges are too much. Like you you do at least have the option of going to the two shield, which again is is something worth mentioning since we were kind of talked about it probably too long for the <laughs> for the uh, Aurora meta. But like it it still has play here. And then yeah, the assumption is that you would run confusion on the giraffe rig and kind of fit a similar niche to the Oranguru, but then also have the advantage of Psychic Fangs. However, like if, if you find yourself in a position where Double Kick puts you ahead for one of your strats, like total, totally legitimate call, especially if you're using it as like a, a safe swap or a backline that they, they won't know <laughs> what actually wins until they see your fast move. Yeah, I can I can get behind that. I guess you still don't really have a charge move to hit Magnazone, which is a little bit of a bummer. Like just <laughs> that otherwise, like it sounds like such a good idea, but I don't know. Maybe maybe someone will make it work still. Yeah. Alrighty then. So it's a it's kind of a, kind of amazing that most of the points on TN, TNT side was done by the field. So it looks like once once they're able to shore up their their open league slots, they'll be able to com uh, be competitive in week two. Yeah, there were there were a lot of three O's here, so that I feel like is is the more surprising aspect. 
I feel that. Well, time to get into some previews for next, for or sorry, for this coming week. Do we have any final thoughts before I jump into them? No, this was. I mean, obviously, it's it's nice to start with high note by by our our rival team, but it's 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 nice just to be in the position to, to learn these these metas a little bit better and see what see what people were cooking with for week one. Yeah. And we'll, ha- we'll have to see what week two brings. So this week, Thunderdome is going up against Slark Paper Scissors. This will be a North America versus EMEA match. Let's hope that Slark Paper Scissors can get their coordination issues taken care of and not fall to an O2 deficit. Deli Birds the Word is going to go up against Deoxys Alberta form. D- and then TNT Fingles gets draws Sky Dragons Gaming. Ooh, this will be this will be a good matchup. You know, Sky Dragons currently on currently fourth in the standings, but they do have the opportunity to make a statement win. Or TNT Fingles will turn it around and you know they have their 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 seed legs under them and they'll be ready to go. And then finally, back. yeah, the bounce back. And then finally, Barktown Boomers is going up against iCarly PVP. It's interesting that every team that won this past week is going up against every team that lost. I wonder if that's true for all of the pools. We'll find out. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> we'll find out as we move on into pool number two. I don't know why I did that. I just did it for effect. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I promise this one will be a little faster now that we've... Now that we know what we're talking about? Now, now that we've at least uh, got a baseline for everything. Right. Alright, so in pool number two, we had Copium Northeast defeat the Mighty Thunderducks 14-7. Canadian Shieldong takes care of business against Decidueye Dynasty Green, formerly known as the Rowdy Rowlets, 15-6. East Caliber pu- pulls an upset against Sea Kingpin 13-8. And finally, <laughs> the grudge match. We had Rock Paper Slark gets Brave Nerds PvP. And Brave Nerds was able to take a 12 to 9 victory, extending the rivalry to 2 to 1. Fun fact, and this was from this was from Amazed himself. Every single Rock Paper Slark matchup has got was 10 to 8 going into the final battle. And that's all he told me. Is is that the matchup we're gonna look at? You bet your <laughs> you bet it, it is. I like to dive into rivalries. Okay, so in the Open Great League, we had Callum0973 go up against Trainer123 phone number, or Jordan. Callum brought Lantern, Lickitung, Registeel, Medicham, Gligar, and Frostlass. And Jordan brought Swampert, Lickitung, Sableye, Registeel, Medicham, and Shadow Charizard. So I think I'm I think I'm safe to say that Shadow Charizard was definitely the reason for Jordan's victory. Yeah, it was it was a little bit of keep the Charizard away from Lantern and you win. I like that. And especially that, you know, they each brought the Lickitung, Registeel, and Metacham, so in the choice of waters, Swampert beat Lantern and helps take care of Gligar. And you could use Sableye as the D 
damage sponge since there is nothing that hits Sableye for super effective damage on the other team. Yeah, well, and I mean, maybe that's worth mentioning is just that the presence of Sableye on, on one team is, it seems pretty significant here. Yeah. All right. So Trainer Jordan started things off with a two to one victory. And then I'm going to kind of breeze through the open ultra league, if that's all right with you. Or excuse me, breeze through the matchup, if that's all right with you. Sure. Okay. Unless like something interesting comes out. Uh, I don't know how to say that name. Is that Felrose? Is there Felrose? It's, yeah, well, it's just like a Z. Oh, see, I was trying to make it as an X. Okay. The Felrose goes up against Sean of Billings in the Open Ultra League, and I'm just going to shorten it to Rose. Rose brought Steelix, Defense Deoxys, Verizion, Gliss- Shadow Gliscorp, Glissopod, and Galarian Weezing into Sean's Garatina Altered Form, Shadow Alone Sandslash, Scrafty, Needle Queen, Tapofini, and Double. This is a pretty even matchup. Galissapod looks pretty good. As long as it's kept away from Garatina, right? And uh, double? It's 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 okay in the Garatina. Um Yeah, the well, yeah, the, the ancient powers problem. The double I think is also pretty problematic. But yeah, the uh, Overall, I just I I feel like there are more recent ultra winners on Zerfelros's side. You're talking about Steelix, aren't you? <laughs> well, yeah, like like Steelix is is just kind of the, the face of Ultra League right now. So it's it's a little bit you you need yeah you you just need to be super ready for it. And it's like yeah the 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 shadow. Slash like still has some play like obviously doesn't like the DD anymore. or the Brizian yeah like the the pseudo fighter slash fighter combo. What and about you can't, you can't hit Galissapod for neutral outside of the fast move? So yeah, I was gonna say I think Galissapod and Galarian Weezing to an extent because like it has access to overheat right and yeah. real swing. My question is is kind of like about Nidoqueen. Mm-hmm. Where does like it go? That, yeah, that feels like a little out of place. Like you, it's it's a strong answer to Verizion. You can hit the Steelix with Earth Power, but not Wait. without getting debuffed first. Yeah, the only way you can do that is to successfully is to like either have an energy advantage and you can lower its defenses with like Poison Fang before it can debuff you with breaking swipe or have an earth power loaded to get the most bang for your buck mm-hmm. but in this particular instance I don't see Nido Queen kind of having as big of an effect as the rest of the team which yeah. essentially makes it a 6 on 5 it, it just it just feels a little out of place right like compare it to at least like a dark poison and, and maybe this is just something I'm taking out of context because like obviously we're looking at this particular six on six and they were trying to shore up their team better against i don't know something like charmers in general and the poison jab poison fang is is nice there but when it's it's strictly 
what's effectively top Ultra League meta. It just it makes me wonder a little bit what coverage was for. Like everything else makes sense to me. That's that's the one that seems just like B tier by comparison. That does make sense. And I mean, I'll... like obviously, prove me wrong if I'm missing something. But I don't I don't know how many new queen we're gonna see. I don't think we'll see Nido Queen that often in Open Ultra League, unless like the meta usage chart says something different. Mm, which is pretty cool that we have like full stop like the tools that are already just incorporated and available for everyone like it's it's pretty neat. Yeah, I do want to take this, take this time to thank the folks at the admin team for giving us this because I really. I, I would really be like, oh, so this Pokemon looks really interesting. It's like, oh, well, actually, that was meta. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> looks really spice. I mean, bland. Well, Needle Queen is in the same tier as Scrafty. They were on about 8% of all the teams that were picked, if that is any indication. Well, and, and to be fair, we haven't really talked about tierings for Ultra League yet, and maybe it has something to do with that, but... We can we can dive more into that maybe next week. Definitely. Once the meta shapes out a little bit more, we can definitely see how how it goes. All right, Master League time. Yeah. All right, Master League. T- Wait a second. Give. There we are. I was in the wrong tab. <laughs> in oh, <laughs> a minute. In the Master League, we had Brute Fudge, Bruschetti. Burschel. Burschel. <laughs> Go up against Skeptical Tracer. Burschel brings Heatran, Verizian, Florgis, Mega Scizor, Palkia, and Gyarados into Skeptical Tracers, Mega Scizor, Reshiram, Sylveon, Haxorus, Nihilego, and Gyarados. This is cool because we have two takes on bringing the five point pick of Mega Scizor, right? Definitely. Because. Skeptical Tracer brings a Steel type and a Poison type for the Fairy Answer, whereas how do you say his name again? Bruchel. What what Steel type are you talking about? I was talking. So Skeptical Tracer brings the Mega Scizor and then the Nihilego, and then oh, for okay, yeah. Bruchel's side, they brought Mega Scizor, and then their Fairy Answer, or if you want to call, if you could call it that, would be Heatran instead of like the Nihilego slot. Right. Because then each of them have their own fairies and Forge and Sylveon. Both of them bring Gyarados. Both of them have dragons with like Reshiram, Palkia. And then Haxorus and Verizian would be like that fighter-esque. Because like one has counter, the other has double kick. Right. So on paper, these teams look, they fill, they each have the same roles filled. But the question is, do they play the same or differently? But if that restroom had Firefang, then Bruchel would have been in some trouble. You do have the double resist for, with, with Palkia, but until you know the Reshiram moveset, you're in kind of a weird spot. I don't I don't think Haxorus really had anywhere to go. Um, the only thing Haxorus could really have done was counter down the Heatran and breaking swipe the Palkia, I guess. I'm really grasping in that instance. Something something you might have gotten away with, just as the Bruchel squad, is that 
Skeptical Tracer may not have even wanted to run Mega Caesar. Oh? I'm like this this is this is one where like I almost want to see kind of the matrix just for Mega Caesar on its own, but uh, typing wise, like what can you really take advantage of? Like you can take advantage of the Florgis and the Verizion, I guess. Uh, and then you have the mirror. But the the interesting thing about the setups for these teams is like they're also kind of set to also answer other Mega Caesar. <laughs> So it's, yeah. it could be the case that Skeptical just, like, doesn't bring the Mega Caesar to have better coverage options. But, yeah, this this would have been a fun one to see play out, especially as a 2-1. Like, I don't, I don't know that I like to call the ones that are set up so similarly, like, as, as a firm win for the two side, like... Like who who knows they they could have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat, but yeah, or that maybe Skeptical Tracer got his Pokemon positioned in a better spot than his opponent. So yeah, two ones are always hard. So two ones with teams that are similar are the toughest ones to do. <laughs> yeah, and... it's like obviously obviously someone has to win the third game, but yeah. I hope we see more Nihiliko. Like, I don't, I don't know that it could have done a whole lot in this matchup, and maybe that's something worth commenting on. Is like, yeah, you have two strong wins and four strong losses, so it's just like, <laughs> uh... yeah. All right, so. Quick aside, if any of them, if any players are in pools number one, two, four, five, or six, and they want to send us footage on how they were able to pull victories, feel free to send them in. If you're in pool three, for obvious reasons, don't send us anything because we don't want to be accused of getting footage on other players in our pool. All right, aside over. Back to Great League. <laughs> yeah, Aurora Cup. We had Beazle Boy go up against Conky1452. Beazleboy brings Vigoroth, Chrysalia, Shadow Alolan Ninetales, Vigoroth, Greedent, and Florgis into Conky's Florgis, Medicham, Lantern, Lickitung, Noctowl, and Chrysalia. This is really interesting seeing Florgis in the Great League. Yeah, I was, I was just going to call that out, especially since you've got it on both teams. We've got we got a double fairy, double fairy strat, three normal, yeah, and triple normal into open great league with some spice thrown in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, kind of like we've got a similar situation, I think, with Shadow Little Nine Tails, where at least they have the Lickitung, which keeps it a little closer. Do you think that Beazlevoy ran a double charm strategy and... Where, what's the second charmer? Doesn't Floor just have access to charm? You should you should check those fast moves. I feel like I'm going to get bamboozled. Oh, it doesn't. Day I learned. No, but it, it does have one heavy damage fast move that was 
like a scary possibility for a different meta. I doubt it'll be a thing here, but so if when when you see it in in Aurora Cup, just think of it as as a charger. Like okay, it's it's, it's trying to throw charge moves. Okay, because in this case, like you could do like Fairy Wind in Great League. It says Fairy Wind or Fairy Wind, Disarming Voice, and Psychic. But Psychic got nerfed, so Moon yeah, probably, probably Moon Blast. Yeah, it's probably a Triple Fairy. Okay. So even then, like, there's nothing resisting any... Yeah, like you said, there's nothing resisting the fairy type and the yeah. fairy moves. So you could essentially use, like, Florges to burn all the shields and then, like, let Greedent <laughs> body slam its way to victory. Or you could be oppressive in getting the uh, getting the only other fairy off the field with the Shadow Alone Ninetales and then letting Florges and Greedent mop up. I think this. I think this two one itself set kind of tells me that Beezlebub had a more flexible team. Yeah, or at very least, you you've got a few modes here that are <laughs> hard to answer if you plan for the other one, right? Yeah. So wow, first double fairy team that we've seen in week one. I'm impressed. Well, and it makes sense for the reasons you mentioned. Okie dokie then. Number two? Oh no. Well, I guess I guess this one doesn't really count. Oh? I was I was gonna say a frost last one, but it was a frost last against a frost last, so one had to win, <laughs> so I don't uh, I don't know. It's a wash. Look, yeah. I don't make the rules, I just fall I just enforce them. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't hit the scoreboard. Yeah. In this case, we had Lamb Chops 18 going up against Driftblim. Lamb Chops brought the Frostlass, Lantern, Wigglytuff, Chrysalia, Noctowl, and Lickitung into Chrysalia, Lickitung, Florges, Regirock, Frostlass, and Dubwool. Interesting that they did not bring a Shadow, Olola, Ninetales, but they Lamb Chops did bring a Charmer, whereas Driftblim brought a Fairy Spammer? I think that's how you say it? Just spamming out charge moves. That Florges thing. Yeah. Stupid fairy. Well, and in general, Driftwoman had very little fast move pressure, right? They they had uh, I don't I don't know if you can call the the Lickitung fast move pressure. It kind of is, I guess. But it's the closest thing they got. They have yeah. Which which should highlight how little fast move pressure there was. <laughs> Look, I promise um, we're not choosing violence. We're just <laughs> we're just interpreting what the Pokemon give us. Yeah, it's 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 just an observation, and the observation kind of continues that as 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 much as we've seen this meta in some ways just resemble a open Great League sort of thing. The the fact that the winds are leaning towards the Charmers, I, I don't think is a coincidence. No, this. This cup was affectionately named the Charmer Cup, or the, yeah, the Iyasu Cup, Charm Cup. So Charm was was made to reign supreme, and it's our jobs to figure out what can we do to beat the Charmers. Yeah, and I mean, bulk seems to be the answer most of the time. Like, what what else can you do? I I do like the looks of double here, especially into triple normal setup. I don't want to. I don't want to choose violence yet, but I think I'm gonna. Okay. The Aurora Cup reminds me of the Amber Cup. 
Are, are, are you saying that just because you feel like you're seeing a lot of the same picks? Kind of, but I, I also want to see like what the next week is going to bring. Like, sure. I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get some vibes of like, you have your <laughs> charmer. You're getting the PTSD. You, yes, you got your charmer, and then you have two or three walls to back up that charmer, versus the other charmer and multiple walls or multiple firepower. I, I'm not entirely sure in this case, but it's kind of giving me PTSD of like, well, you got your Gligar, you got your Charizard, and you got your Polyrath, and your Hisuian Quillfish. Well, yeah, Gl- Gligar was even kind of the four slot, right? It was the Hisuian Quillfish. But yeah, um, it, is, it is what it is at a, at a certain level of bulky, spammy mons are good in general, and they're good here because they give you options so you don't just get run through by a two-shield charmer. Fair. I really hope I'm proven wrong and the Aurora Cup is not going to be like the Ember Cup, but yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. That, like, you could always run that same trio in Ember, and I don't, I don't think that's what this is. Okay. Because I was also going to say, Jet, I ran the same trio, and I got 0 more times than I can count. <laughs> I brought the team down. You didn't even have uh, Syrian Quillfish, though, right? No, I did. It was just bad. It was just a massive skill issue on my part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was, there was definitely a learning curve, too. It was a different sort of meta, but... I won the first match and I won the la- or the first bout and I won the ninth bout. Bouts two through eight. Shoot. It was awful. I have a technical question. Ah. Remind me what the limit is on the Craig bot. Six hours. Okay, we're good then. For some reason <laughs> I was like four and I was like, do we need to push the button? Oh god, yeah. Start record stop recording four hours from now from when we started so we're, we're good for now all right savannah cup <laughs> yeah savannah cup time <laughs> so we had sad munir going up against lyle jeffs the third sad brought regirock buzzwool roserade trash warmer dam trevenant and lickitung into lyle's alolan raichu greedent orangaroo buzzwool tropius and regirock so this tropius had a lot of play Despite Roserade's Weather Ball Fire and Trash Warmer Dam's incredible bulk. Because, like, once once that was out of the way, whoo, Oranguru oh. could kind of go off with... Well, Oranguru can kind of take care of Roserade with Confusion and Wall Trevenant with Foul Play. I, I like that your little and Raichu callout has appeared in the very next matchup that we were looking at <laughs> it totally wasn't scripted i promise but on a serious note like the, unfortunately the alolan raichu does not have you know aside from regirock it doesn't have a lot of use here because everything well roserade and trevenant resist the wild charge and grass on and shoot you take super effective damage from buzzwool's lunge and you deal neutral, not neutral, resisted damage because of the bug typing. Sorry, what? Oh, don't tell me this is this is the one one part of the episode. Doesn't <laughs> bug doesn't bug resist electric? No, sir. Dang it! 
All right. Days where Taco gets tight matchups wrong, back to zero. <laughs> it's no, it's grass. It's grass that it resists, which I did call out as correct. Yeah. Um... Unless the Lolan Raichu had Psychic. Yeah, and that's, that's that's one of the tough things when moves like that get singled out is you have both the Lolan Raichu and a Ringaroo losing a little bit of firepower off of the Psychic option. But luckily they have other options that are usually better anyway. Doesn't Oranguru mainly use Future Sight and Foul Play? Yeah, well, and it's just worth mentioning that Psychic was its its one other move, so uh, could have had a, like a slightly faster Psychic move, but now now you kind of are a little bit more locked into the bigger nuke, bigger risk category. Gotcha. Excuse me. Okay, yeah, in this situation, I think that Tropius definitely went off here. Yeah, the biggest problem is really just the Regirock. But, but my Leaf Blade. You still need two, so it's not like a gimme. Oh, you're right. It, it's the other way around. Yeah, Regirock outpaces. So, like, and, and I think you give up too much if you try to do, like, Razor Leaf, and I'm not even sure that that's actually better into the Regirock. It is. You you flip the matchup. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. But yeah, in in general, you definitely will take massive damage from Stone. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of the interesting thing about Wild Jeff's team here is there isn't like a firm Regirock answer. The, the Buzzwool wins most often, but unlike Polyrath, the issue with being part bug type is that you're taking neutral then from Stone Edge, so you don't have to throw Focus Blast. That makes sense. And then the one other Pokemon that we really haven't talked about that I've seen popping up a lot is the Wormadam Trash, just as one of the safer Pokemon in this meta, where like, like a few of the other ones that I highlighted earlier, like it sits in a spot where it can kind of hold its own against both Polyrath and Regirock and do decent against the rest of the meta. So it's just one of those that is kind of as close as we're going to get a safe swap. Uh, I hate to burst your bubble on the Wormadam, but it... Yeah. No, it's... It loses completely on the Trash Wormadam to Regirock. Unless you invest two shields into it, but if Regirock goes two shields in, you just lose. That's fine. Like as as far as overlap goes, like it it still is doing. Oh yeah, well it needs it needs one confusion, but that's that's the difference on the safe swap, right? Is like you can count on a little bit extra, but yeah. Ah, I you see. Okay. You don't you don't want it in the in the heads up for that reason. That's that's a that's a good call out though that it does need one more confusion if it wants to throw an iron head and actually be close in the ones. Yeah. So if you're playing worm, trash wormer dam, make sure you give it a one confusion lead. Unless you're playing my, our team, then go into the head to head. Then then don't. 
<laughs> yeah, just, just don't do it. The other one I wanted to see into the Reggie Rock was just the triple electric Alolan Raichu. That does not sound... That does not sound good at all. Like, Wild Charge, Thunder Punch... Yeah, it works for the one and two. You, lo- you like, you barely lose the zero. I assume it's just because you throw... Interesting. Two Thunder Punches. Okay. Well, it's still close. Dang. That was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Alright. So, congrats to Lyle for getting the 3-0 sweep. And then, finally, we have... What the heck is this team? Are these teams? We have JK Falk 0810 going up against Manicarp. Uh, JK brings Rufflet, Polyrath, Dunsparce, Wormadam, Trash, Togedemaru, and Roserade. And Manicarp brings Polyrath, Regirock, Trash, Wormadam, Jumpluff, Luxray, and Greedent. I told you on our meta preview episode that Rufflet is just like a tankier swallow. Yes, did say that. And in this case, yeah, it definitely had targets. I didn't think someone would actually run a rufflet. I kind of want to run a rufflet. <laughs> Look, you can run a rufflet against anybody that isn't this week. Please. They won't even know. <laughs> okay. But in this case, the Polyrath and the Wormadam Trash is the same. Rufflet doing really, looking really good in the Jump Pluff. It's, it's worth mentioning we still have yet to see a Polyrath Reggie Rock duo on both sides. So like I'm I'm still impressed how people are taking on this meta. I guess they look at Reggie Rock and say, I'm gonna build my team to beat Reggie Rock. And I mean like even though we had a somewhat recent lower level Reggie Rock, like it's it's still one of those that's a little harder to obtain, like unless you have gone out of your way to do so, so Maybe that's holding some people back, but yeah, especially after that last set of research that gave us one of each of the Reggies, I feel that's less of a cop-out than it used to be. Do you mean the Reggies, the the research that didn't work after the Elite Raids that were Did broken? Did not work for you? <laughs> no, it worked for me. It made me very, it was very annoyed. It took me the second Elite Raid to get it. Gotcha, gotcha. It didn't work the first time. The spawns didn't even go off either. Just, nah. The, the spawns have always been, at least in my experience, like, I've seen one from the raids sometimes, and it's like, okay, well, that's interesting, I guess, but... Look, I just wanted Wulu the first time. But now I have many Wulu, so I'm okay. <laughs> you, you had the advent of Wulu. Yeah. But okay, back to this matchup. Manicarp looks like with the Psychic Fangs and Wild Charge combination on Luxray. I'm going to shout out Luxray because it's one of my favorite Gen 4 Pokemon. So I'm going to try to rationale this around Luxray. Luxray is cool anyway just because it's the first electric type uh, that a... isn't Togedemaru. Well, I was I was going to say not also Steel, but uh, we just had the Alolan Raichu. 
Well, you know what? Luxray is cooler, so... <laughs> yeah, Luxray, Luxray is here to do some, some cool stuff and not even be Shadow, which it has the option of usually yeah. being. But I think in this case, it was definitely meant to soften up defenses for, like, Polyrath or Jump Bluff or, heck, even Greedon to kind of swoop in and be like, Hello! Yeah, that... That spammy boy. Well, and that's that's an overlap Pokemon that we didn't comment on from the Brave Nerd side, where it's sort of in a weird spot, right? Like, doesn't outright beat Polyrath or Regirock, so it's it's really gunning for kind of what you might consider to be the supporting cast, but taking full advantage of the the Mudshot. That makes sense. And yeah, actually, with Mudshot, Greedent is now on par with Spam, like, Greninja. Because you have that 4-3-3-3-4, and Greedent is just 4-3-3-3-3-3-3... I don't even... I haven't even gotten to fourth Mudshot where I can hit Body Slam again. Yeah, well, and just based on how their teams are built, I'm wondering if they're just putting more stock in it than say the Dunsparce which you know also normal type also kind of generalist as far as this meta is concerned with the plus of beating Regirock in the ones but it's it's so close like you 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 leave that with single digit HP it might as well be a draw right like it's 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 like you can maybe count on switch a little bit more often but anyway it's it's just an interesting take compared to what was looking like the more popular pick in Dunsparce that's true okie dokie then this is a nice wrap up into the the continuation of this rivalry I really hope we see these two teams again in the round of 16 yeah, ima- imagine if they just lock up the top two slots in pool two. That'd be. Well, they do have to go through Canadian Shield on. That would be quite a surprise. Yeah. I think it- I think they can do it. They just put their minds to it, and you know, <laughs> just, once just try, okay? Yeah, I mean, Brave Nerds does have to plug the holes in the Aurora Cup matchup, but other than that, they can do it. They, I mean, we did see this last time where they struggled in one field and then absolutely dominated in the other field when we were covering them in the bronze tier and they still had a 71% win percentage. It was crazy. But all right, looking ahead in week two, Rock, Paper, Slark is going up against Sea Kingpin. I wonder what the over-under is going to be on that one. Canadian Shield on goes up against Brave Nerds. So, hey, Jet, here's our Canadian yeah. Shield on match <laughs> in week two. Hey, and then week three, it's Rock, Paper, Slark. So it is it is immediate for both of them. Yep, that, that's going to be good. I think this, I'd probably go on record to say that pool two might be decided within the first three weeks. You know, depending good thing, on... Good, how... good thing we're not talking about East Caliber, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we forgetting someone? Well, if I, if I forgot about... If we were forgetting, it wasn't important to begin with. Right? That's how the saying goes? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we also have copium to, to cope with, so... Yeah. 
Yeah, I completely forgot about Copium. And they were they were their second on the points right now. Speaking of them, Mighty Thunderdux is facing East Caliber, and then Copium Northeast is going up against the Rowdy Rallets or Decidueye Dynasty Green. So Hopefully after this episode we can stop putting an asterisk on their name and everyone just knows. <laughs> well they were still mentioned as Rowdy Rallets in the team list, so meh. <clears throat> yeah, but someone okay. someone needs to talk to someone. <laughs> Admin team, please. Alrighty. Wait, no, it's it says Oh no, you're talking about like on the actual Like like the original team list. Gotcha. I was like the the standings is accurate. No, you're right. Okay. It's time for our pool. The moment we've all been waiting for. Okay, so this past week, in pool number three, we had Northeast Battlers Utter Madness defeats Thunder Fury eleven to ten. This was Thunder Fury's very first match in team-based pvp under the banner of the thunderdome so an 11 to 10 against a very tough ranked team definitely says a lot yeah Yeah. evan stonks unfortunately lose gets upset by dinair don't care 8 to 13 it was 10 to 8 going into the final match and i my ptsd was really really flaring up like we better not get another freaking 11 to 10 loss Phoenix right speaking of 11 to 10s Phoenix Rising defeats Fearsome Frostlass 11 to 10 once again Fearsome Frostlass had a another you know they're a lower tier team going up against an upper tier team and the fact that they took them all the way to the very last bout does a lot and then the only blowout that we had in pool number three Muddy Water defeats Hammerheads 17 to 4 current standings have Muddy Water at number one Dinair don't care at number two, Utter Madness at number three, and Phoenix Rising at number four. Woo, lad. Should um, should I, I I I would think we look at one of the eleven to tens, right? Definitely. Who do we want to do now? Uh, do you oh, want to check out Thunder Fury just because they're brand new? They're new. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Thunder Fury, brand new team. Still got that new car smell. Okay, so in the Open Great League, we had Loon Twenty Three going went up against Nighttime Clasher, and Loon Twenty Three was from Utter Madness. Loon brought Greedence, Shadow Alola Ninetales, Registeel, Metacham, Chrysalia, and Quagsire. And Nighttime Clasher brings Crush. What? <laughs> Shadow Quag. Shadow Quag. And Nighttime Clasher brought Obama Snow, Toga. Shadow Obama Snow, Togedemaru, Azumarill, Shadow Charizard, Medicham, and Lickitung. So this was definitely keep Shadow Charizard plays keep away from Quagsire and nobody gets hurt. That's a pretty open and shut case if you ask me. I am also a big proponent of Shadow Obama Snow in general. Togedemaru is an interesting bring. I don't and think Togedemaru had a lot of play here, per se, Mainly because Registeel, Metacham, and Quagsire all beat it, and then Greedent with the Mudshot Crunch combination can get those moves off faster than Togedemaru can get to its charge moves. But if it was lined up against an Alola Ninetales, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Or like Cress can't touch it either, which is kind of nice. Um, 
the other call out I was going to make is that this is also the first time we're seeing the Shadow Ninetales, Shadow Quag, and even the Greedent, where if people were running normals, at least so far, we've seen Lickitung and Double, and now now we're throwing Greenent in the mix, which, I mean, it's right up there now with that spamminess. Yeah, golly. The, you know, the interesting thing is Greenent, the Greenent and Lickitung matchup, when you play it out, it feels like forever but it never feels like there is a clear definitive winner if that makes sense like Greenant's supposed to win pretty handily and still have some HP left over but you know that they're going to go for body slam or excuse me power whip at some point huh. yeah I just I just hope we see more matchups like this one like I feel like this is is leaning a little bit more to the creative side yeah. Also, I like also at least today our first Azu. So that's true. We do see our first Azu. Okay. Moving on to the Ultra League, we have Ginger Girthquake. I think that's how you say it. Going what up a, against what a name. I know. Going up against Uncle Kidda. Ginger brought Registeel, Gliscor, Polyrath, Venusaur, Alolan Ninetales, and Jellicent. By the way, the Gliscor is Shadow. Into Skunk Tank, Shadow Gliscor, Shadow Charizard, Toxicroak, Jellicent, and Registeel. So, uh. Three Shadow Charizard? <laughs> the Gliscors, the Registeel, and the Jellicent. For Ultra League, I really think Jellicent is in a good position. Yeah, uh, but uh, let's see here. Jellicent on Uncle Kidda's side can hit. I just, I just mean in general. I'm, I'm surprised oh. we haven't seen more, more of it so far. Oh, okay. I see. I don't, I don't think it's as impressive in this particular matchup. Like it is better going into Zard and Toxicroak than I think it is into Polyroth and Ninetales. But yeah, in, in in general, like I just I just like it in Ultra League right now, and that's fair. All things considered, like Jellicent is one of the tankiest freaking Pokemon in the Ultra League, and I absolutely hate it. But you know, I'm only also saying that because I don't have one. But the minute I have one, I will be in the bandwagon on it. Yeah. All right. So congrats, to Uncle Kidda, for the two-one victory. But in this case, I really I'm kind of gonna be in the camp of. You keep the Shadow Charizard away, you auto win. And I kind of think that's what happened here. Because Gliscor still does a good job taking care of uh, Venusaur and Jellicent with that Night Slash Earthquake combination and Registeel. Polyrath would be a little dicier, but you do have to watch out for Ice Punch. But I think once, uh, once Jellicent on Ginger's side was taken off the field shadow charizard can run rough shot over the entire team yeah well that kind of becomes a question right it's like does the gun tank oh right because trailblaze <laughs> that can that can do stuff like i mean i guess it's the same no it's slightly more energy than crunch so i mean it wouldn't apply to the to that matchup but despite having resisted fast move like 
you're in a you're in a pretty good spot. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, and in this case, like if you wanted. So you have the mirror. I'm not saying you have to do this, but if you wanted to do this and you put bite on it, which I mean I don't know why you would, but bite and trailblaze, you could crunch down on it faster. Yeah. <laughs> That was no uh, pun intended, honestly. Yeah, you would have to be pretty desperate, I think, to go the bite route, just because you give up like all of your other matchups to do that. But and and you're already winning with poison jab and everything except the twos. So yeah, I was I was just checking and Registeel, I think, is probably the other most likely bring as a potential Jelson answer. But yeah, if you. That makes sense. Yeah, if you manage to corral the Shadow Charizard, which, like, I think it was still doable. But yeah, this is, this is just, I feel like this particular matchup is, is showing a little bit different side of Ultra than we've seen so far. Like, we have the old Jelly A-Tails core from Ultra Premier, and then... Reggie Gliscor, which has shown up a lot, and then plus two. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty then. So with that, let us move on into what might be... Actually, yeah, it is the only sweep of the match. We had Utter Madness's Uchimane versus Mumion. God, these names get harder and harder to pronounce every every week. So Uchimane brings Mega Slowbro, Xerneas, Gyarados, Heatran, Zekrom, and Incarnate Landorus into Mumion's Mega Blastoise, Xerneas, Dragonite, Gyarados, Excadrill, and Metagross. So that Excadrill is looking really good in the Heatran and Zekrom. But in this case... Well, Mega Slower has Water Gun and Confusion, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because it's the same moves as Slowbro. Okay. Would you be surprised to know that I don't know Slowbro's moves? Because I've never used it. I've used the Galarian version, but not the Kanto versions. I hit anyway. Legend with it in Ultra one season, and I forget which early Sylph Cup it was like part of the triangle in Sinister maybe or something like that. Okay. I forget yeah. what the season one meta was, but Lando Eye yeah. is is pretty dang good. Does it still like use Earth Power's Stone Edge as it moves? It gets the Rock Slide. Rock Slide Earth Power. Okay. So then in that instance like Work with the computer. So in this instance, with Rock Slide and Earth Power, you can take out the extra drill and Metagross, and with Rock Slide, you can do a lot of damage to the Dragonite and Gyarados, which means Heatran can take care of Xerneas, and Zekrom can take care of Mega Blastoise, or you know Mega Slowbro just takes out the Gar or the Excadrill. Yeah, this three was a little intriguing for me. Yeah, so, like, I think you started on the right foot where there is kind of a decent question mark just over which fast move Slowbro's running. The 
nice thing is that at least unlike in the past, like with Surf, like you do have access to water damage if you don't use water gun. There's quite a few charge move options though. Mega Slowbro I know has access to the Surf. So yeah, it's it's Ice Beam, Psychic, Return. You wouldn't run Waterfalls. <laughs> Does Ice Beam do anything here? Well, kinda. For Dragonite, but... And it would be neutral. And... Would it be neutral in the Gyarados? It's super effective. I keep forgetting this one. Neutral. Okay. I, I keep forgetting that one, if... That one you had, you had good instincts on. And... I, I keep forgetting can... that ice that ice is resisted by water. Yeah. Right? Okay. I think you can get away with that moveset here because Mega Blastoise is less of a problem if you're gonna go confusion. I see. But if you did go like use Mega Blastoise, Zekrom either you had to either bring Zekrom or put Thunder on your Xerneas. Which we all or, know. or make sure like you had, yeah you had to get the mega slow row on it or yeah have the have the contingency options. Alrighty then. So in this case, yeah, this three O was a little bit more convoluted, but I do like the I do say I would probably say that Mega Slowbro and Incarnate Landers were the keys to success here. I think the big takeaway because again you have very similarly constructed teams because your essentially slot one and slot two picks were effectively filling the same niche but when one mega is doing much better into the other like um, again this this is a possible like i guess they could run bite blastoise right like that's that's its only other fast move but i yeah, I don't, I don't, but, I don't see that being a thing. But I mean, bite blastoise would only work in Omega Slowbro. Well, and but like considering that you kind of maybe need it to, like maybe it was worth trying. I don't, I don't know. We're gonna leave it at an attempt was made. Now I need to, I need to look at this, and then we can move on. <laughs> okay. So yeah, just just as a baseline, the one shield is actually closer than I thought, even with water gun blastoise. Oh, was it? But yeah, you do, <laughs> you do take the win across the board if you go bite. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I mean, yeah, it, it might it might have been worth looking into, but bite is just one of those moves that is uh, it, it hurts inside. Okay. All right, Aurora Cup time. So maybe we'll have something different, a little different. So we had Ashes, Ashes, Ash is kill no, or like Ashy skill no. Ashy skill no. Okay, Ashy skill no. That sounds cooler. <laughs> Goes up against Derek C forty four. Ash brings Shadow Alone Ninetales, Shadow Sableye, Lorantis, Wigglytuff, Chrysale, and Regirock into Derek's Alolan Ninetales, Lantern, Lickitung, Metacham, Frostlass, and Regirock. 
I do want to call out just in a general way that in both of these Aurora matchups, the Frostlass side won less games. <laughs> so Frostlass is now 0 for 4 in this field. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Or, or like 0 1 4, I guess, with the tie. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So honestly, in this instance, though, Ash probably had the advantage bringing Double Charm. Without beating the dead horse up, there's nothing that resists charm on the other side, because that's the rule. Shadow Sableye is is interesting. Excuse me. That that's one that I might. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look what the difference is. Oh, is it? It's ranked lower, but. What is it picking up? Powder Snowy Tails. Just because it has the rock coverage. I don't know. <clears throat> that'll be that'll be one to watch going forward, is if there are more shadow stabilized popping up. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense too. Okay then. So I do want to point out that the more charmers you put in, the more the higher your chances go up. That that's my thought. Well, we we have a counterpoint in the next matchup because well, they uh, lost because they brought Frostlass. Oh right, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, I can I can already feel the messages coming at us. Mainly this, me because this next this next one feels a little bit more like Ultra League light. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. So in this one, we had Jason Caruso go up against Hawaiian Pizza 93. You know, I didn't really think that there was a match that I didn't think that uh, there there could be a winner. I don't like Frostlass, so I'm glad it lost. But Hawaii, but an apple does not belong on a pizza, and Hawaiian pizzas don't exist. Re. Anyway, Jason Caruso brought Shadow Lola Ninetales, Lickitung, Frostlass, Wigglytuff, Chrysalia and Reggie Rock into Hawaiian Pizza's Lickitung, Medicham, Obama Snow, Mandibuzz, Shadow Lola Ninetales, and Jellison. What if it was Razor Leaf? On the Shadow um, Obama Snow. Obama Snow? Yeah. Um, you can kind of fight fire with fire with it, right? Like, it fills a similar role to a Charmer. Yeah, it just hits faster and then yeah like essentially the only thing you have to watch out for are flyers and other grass types I don't see any on the other team yeah well and that's that's, <laughs> that's why I'm bringing them up is I think it's a good call it, any anytime you can flex the fast move on your team for a little bit of a surprise I feel like it goes a long way gotcha yeah, I think in this case, the Double Charm versus the Charm Razor Leaf. Gosh, we are really taking D-Gen strats from GBL into <laughs> into battle. You, at, least, at least you don't have the, the steel types to hide them behind, so you're, you're having to kind of improvise a little bit on, on what their wall is. I did the, wall also... is the wall is Lickitung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did also want to call out that Utter Madness for aurora this week just went 
said no to Metacham, which I find interesting. Huh. Good call. I did not notice that. And I was saying and... the names out loud. <laughs> well, and, and I think it's been across the board a popular pickup because, I mean, Metacham is Metacham. But 3-3, three, three, so clearly not a bad strat. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Ready to move on to Savannah? Yep. All right. Savannah, we had on the Utter Madness side, we had Irish Luck 10 going up against C Dubs 1. Irish Luck brought Wormadam Trash, Buzzwool, Regirock, Roserade, Polyrath, and Alolan Raichu into Polyrath, Superior, Togetic, Regirock, Magnazone, and Roserade. So we finally get a Poly Reggie matchup. It only took three pools. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> minus, the... yeah, minus all the ones that we skipped, but yeah. In this instance, I really like the Togetic pick because Aerial Ace go Burr. But I do see that Alolan Raiju does check Togekiss really well, as well as Wormadam Trash with Iron Head. And. And Regirock also with the Stone Edge spam, unless Togetic magically gets a boost. Hmm. Well, and then you're giving up Dazzle. I don't. I don't know that Dazzle would necessarily be useful for anything here. Oh, that's right. Well, Dazzling Gleam is the preferred move set because I think, if I remember correctly, you you don't need it to take down Regirock, but Dazzling Gleam. Would hit Buzzwolf for super effective, Polyrath for super effective. You're already hitting those for super effective with the Aerial Ace, is just what I'm saying, so. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I would probably think Regirock, or Regirock, Ancient Power would be the, the play just for the boost chance. <laughs> just just to try your luck. Yeah, I mean, you got a 1 in 8 chance. Good old 12.5% boost. Yeah, it's, it's a fun pick we haven't talked about. The other one here is the Superior, which like obviously got a lot of attention with its recent regionals win, but it does a lot of what Tropius does without being a flying type, which has advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I think Irish Luck is the first one that's also running Double Fighter. And not running a flyer, so that's that's kind of the trade-off. Is is you have to leave, <laughs> also not running a normal type, which has been pretty common. And I mean, no normal types across this entire matchup. Yeah, that is fair. Excuse me. Anything anything else stand out to you about this one? Not necessarily, like. So I like the Togetic call, like I had mentioned before. Magnazone is is this? I think this is the first time we don't see Togedemaru like try to make a play for or try to like come in and say hi. Mm, but all in all, like this matchup itself, I mean, I like I like C Dubs's team more than Irish, even though it came out on the losing side. You like the double grass? I do. Mainly because Roserade helped me win a couple of self-cups back in the day. So I'm going to be biased towards it. But Superior 
I need I need to see how well it actually does. I think yeah, I think it's a strong pick for this meta. As we, as we talked about earlier, it, it fulfills that kind of intersection where it can cover both the Reggie and the Polyra. Mm. Ready for the last one? Absolutely. In the final Savannah sc- slot, we had Thyme Gear Thief go up against Y Haley. Thyme? Time? Yeah, like the okay. herb. Ah, oh, Thyme. Time. I don't yeah, garden. So Gear Thief brings Trash Warmer Dam, Blaziken, oh laddie, we're breaking out the Spice Cabinet early, Regirock, Roserade, Polyrath, and Pachirisu into Alolan Graveler, Superior, Lady Anne, Rufflet, Dunsparce, and Polyrath. So this we're, one we have really ra- rounding out the the picks here. <laughs> so here we we see the Regirock Polyrath core, but it's on the losing side, which is really interesting. I mean, Rufflet, Rufflet shuts. Oh, this is weird to say, but I didn't think I say it. Rufflet shuts Blaziken down, Roserade, and Polyrath because of the quote-unquote bulk that it has. Lady Anne also covers that because it does get access to Aerial Ace, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's stuck with pretty bad fast move, but it has dynamic punch. But, uh, but heaven help you if you hit with a stone. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I like the Dunsparce a little bit too. Because you can hit Regirock and Pachirisu. Your biggest problem is that Trash Wormadam. I don't know what they did to get rid of it. I don't want to know what they did to get rid of it. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got a lot of stuff that does okay into it. Like the Rufflet is neutral, Dunsparce is neutral, Olin Graveler also neutral. That's fair, honestly, but yeah. yeah. I would I would at least think that like I'm not really seeing a, a definitive answer for the trash for Redam. I figured it would have done a lot more or probably even came on the, the winning side. Well I guess this kind of comes down to like quote unquote Rainer's ability to adapt? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, why. Uh, I think it's interesting that Utter Madness ran double counter on both. Like, like it's it's effectively the same team, just with a different electric type and a different secondary counter user is kind of how I think about it. Like, any counter user that's not Polyrath is, in my brain, as, as secondary. Super cool that they, they brought the Pachirisu. Blaziken is in the list of mons that is in the cup, despite not being one of like the types in the cup. Like it's it's just one of like the extra callouts, and it was curious if it would pop up like in week one or if it would be more niche. And I mean, obviously, it has been more niche so far, but outside of opposing Polyrath, like I think it has plenty to hit, right? Right. But yeah, you talk about just like (laughs) crazy, crazy XL matchup. Like (laughs) this was, this was fun and different. And I'm glad we got to see an Alolan Graveler pop up because that one was also like a, a potential rock type that has decent play and coverage. Yeah. 
and then yeah, a, a second Rufflet, which, oh uh, man, I'm kind of kind of gaining traction on Team Rufflet. <laughs> yeah, like once again, your Rufflet pick shows up, and that still astounds me a little bit. But you know, maybe or what about if Rufflet just you know took down the Wormenam? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, tell me how much the Brave Bird does. Oh, wait, not Togedemaru. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Because it's neutral. Oh, so. my word. Rufflet destroys Wormadam. It does 64%. It's not bad. And you combine that with the wing attacks. You, you... Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. The little chicken just destroys the the, e- the little eaglet that could. <laughs> yeah, but I think we're I think we're at the point we need to do our next week preview. <laughs> yeah, sun's getting real low on my end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so in week two, Utter Madness is going to be looking to continue that win streak against Evan Stonks, who is looking for their first win. Phoenix. Rising is going to take on the Thunder Fury, and Phoenix Rising will once again be looking to continue their winning streak or start a winning streak. Hammerheads is going up against Fearsome Frostlass. These two teams are going to be looking for their very first win, and in a one-two matchup this early in the in in the pool in the season, we have Muddy Water and Dinair Don't Care. The winner of this, the winner of this matchup, is definitely going to have a target on their back for the rest of this, <laughs> rest of the cycle, and I am here for it. I'm just looking to have a good time. <laughs> I'm not going to lie; this is definitely one of, if not the biggest David and Goliath story. I mean, we we, we like being underdogs; it's fun. Yeah, we're kind of used to it at this point. Our entire career has been underdogs. Yeah. Because like the other um, one I would think of would be Fearsome Frostlass and Hammerheads, but judging by last week's performance, I think Fearsome Frostlass has the edge. We gotta see. Like, it, I'm happy as ever that they showed up and took Phoenix Rising to a one point matchup. But as as we keep saying, you know, there's there's no sleep allowed in Battle Frontier. This is true. Well, alrighty. So with our very first wrap-up of the Battle Frontier un- underway or taken care of, excuse me. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial break because I know I did. I've had another dinner. Feeling quite, quite good. Ooh, channeling your inner hobbit, are we? I've had one, yeah, or two, yes. <laughs> but what's about third dinner? Always an Any- option. <laughs> okay, a couple of quick housekeeping tips before we get to the second half of the show. This podcast is powered by Patreon. Our Patreon link is listed below in the show notes. We'd like to take this time to thank our Patreons. Thanks, Obama, ZT Smith, and Sotiri for their kind patronage to help us keep the digital lights on. If you would like to donate, like I said, the link is down below. If, however, monetary donation is not in the cards, hey, just give us a follow or a review on wherever you listen to your podcast platforms. We really appreciate it, and we'd love to see this podcast grow. 
We also have a free Discord, or yeah, free Discord. All you have to do is join the <laughs> rules. Oh man, I forget. There's a Patreon chat in there sometimes. All you have to do is join the Discord, agree to the rules, and you know, just don't be don't be mean. I haven't had to kick anyone yet, so yay. And we're preventing. We don't have ratings because unfortunately the Discord is locked down. So you have to read the rules and abide by it. Otherwise, well, no Discord for you. We also feel free to follow us on formerly Twitter, now known as X. We are at Dragonair Den. Or you can follow myself. I am at TacoDog underscore eight. The person still hasn't changed their handle. So I'm just cat politely knocking on the door like, hey, when are you going to change it? Or I heard you were leaving. No? Okay. I'll check back in later. Someday you'll just be TacoDog. One day, but today is not that day. So it is time now for our community engagement section. And boy, howdy, a lot of people had a lot of things to say last week, Jet. Did they? They did. So the question that we asked everybody was, in your opinion, which team has the best chance of making it out of their pod? So first, we're going to start with the one Spotify answer before I get into the paragraph list that was what happened in our discord so first spotify we had final boss aj replied you know what i want to say but sky dragons and pull one should be a lock so they're echoing that that sentiment of you me and mj for pull one sky dragons which i, I think is pretty cool although i do want to take they this had, time to they say had, they had to run for their money yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah right out the gate just I guess Sky Dragon just heard and was like, you know what? We we could take we're not gonna worry about it too much. We got this and it almost cost them. But fun AJ, unfortunately, I'm having a little bit of a hard time discussing like, are you talking about your team, the backstage battlers, or fearsome frostlass? Because you are the ice queen, and I know you want to see them make it out of the pod just to spite, you know, the the superior Dinair don't care team. Because Dinair beats Frostlass in the in even shield scenarios. Or in the one shield, so but I digress. When she probably hears when when she hears this episode, she'll probably let me know in a not so polite way. <laughs> not very subtle. Yeah, but you know, I got I got to stir the pot a little bit, and you know, after the first half, the amount of violence that was chosen, we're just gonna continue that. You know, it's fine, it's great. So now we have a chat of our Discord answers. Some of it was I think they were hyping us up. Others was just like gave some very insightful ones. So we're going to start from the top. We had teammate Jack-Jack Attack, or Jack of Hearts, because he and Donut like to change their names more times than I count. Jack-Jack Jack Jack Attack says, Nerdy Birds. So I guess that's in reference to pool number six, which I think I like where he's coming from, but I have to disagree because you've got five, six, six teams that can run away with this and i don't i did not pick nerdy birds as one of those that was going to be fighting towards the top that's a hot take and i mean we did learn that they picked up a wing attack player so it's it's not totally out of the question yeah it's true but I understand where jack's coming from i i hope i'm proven wrong and nerdy birds just comes out of that gauntlet but my goodness do they have their work cut out for them so this next answer we had, it was a two-parter. First one was in regards to our 
match against Muddy Water. Let's just see how well this comment ages. But so, <laughs> but Patreon Sotiri <laughs> says, Dinair sweeps Muddy Water. I appreciate the boat of confidence. I really do. And then they they follow it up by saying, Dinair out of pods. I want to agree. And all biases aside, I think after last week's win, we're in a better spot to get into one of the top spots. However, we still have a bit of a climb to go. But after I'm, two I'm, statement I'm wins... In, I'm still in the play it cool stage. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, after two statement wins, you know, assuming we beat Muddy Water, once again, just... This comment may age like milk or fine wine, does not to each their own. If we do win, then that means we have two statement wins, and yeah, there's a really excellent chance we might come out of the pot out of the pool. If we don't, and we give them a run for their money, you know what? I'm happy with that too. It shows that even though we may be a lower team, we are a force to be reckoned with. And points is points, so exactly. Now we so, got the block of text. <laughs> this was a novel. So this is from The Naked Hornet. Shout how out much, to... How much you actually, of this are you going to actually read? Gonna I'm going to read... Like, I'm going to do tidbits. Version? Yes, I'm doing okay. a TLDR version. <laughs> I'm not going to read it word for word because we will be here until sunup the next morning. There's... So, yeah, if anyone wants to check out the unabridged version, the, the Naked <laughs> Hornet really... They had a lot to say. And I would... I would highly suggest checking it out. Definitely. But they did go above and beyond, and they put predictions in all for all six pools. So, for pool number one, they had Deoxys Alberta form, based off of signings and re-signings with several, several members of Elite TMs. So, I can, I can respect that. In pool number two, they chose Copium Northeast, top four faction in the worlds by signing two incredibly dangerous pogoats players another pogoats for those of you uninitiated are was probably the best non-world champion faction team if that makes sense they were they were the most consistent season two team i think right yeah they were consistently winning their and the emerald cycle in pool number three the naked hornet chose muddy water mainly because they basically have the same roster and they've stuck with the same roster since their climb to emerald and have stayed there since pool number four they chose lucky mucks but they did say originally that they originally had pegged stadium emperors but lucky mucks if they're in a rhythm they're hard to slow down it's hard to give the unabridged version when there's like two sentences so <laughs> in pool number five they chose the hidden power or hidden powers they they said it was the toughest pick for them in their in their honest opinion. And that's what I like about this, because you can give your honest opinion and it's not about being right or wrong. It's, hey, based off of, you know, what we've seen, this is what I think, which is really what the show is all about, mostly. And then finally, in pool number six, they chose Chicago Stars. Originally, they had Electrum, but they changed it to Chicago Stars because uh, they are consistently good. But they did also put a disclaimer that Pool 6 is known as the Group of Death in their opinion, which Chicago Stars is no stranger to. So that is the Naked Hornets answer. That is a very abridged version. I would highly recommend joining the Discord and reading. The 
and reading like the full version because he gave a lot of notes and i was i told him i was like look i'm gonna try to read as much as i can but i'm not reading all of this we had the red shirt burrito cat 04 my brother put Diner don't care by a million baby love the boat of confidence and then finally, teammate Moist Donut, or as he likes to call himself, Moist Curb Exodia, <laughs> which I mean, I love the profile picture. I really do. If you see, if you are, if you have a Discord or Discord with him, his profile picture is like S tier. <laughs> I love it. That's really a, come a long way. <laughs> I actually like this one. So then he chose. Dinair don't care, and it ain't even close. So obviously, there's going to be some biases for Dinair don't care because this is the place where we like to hang out. Do also want to say that there are no wrong answers. You, if you come in and say Thunder Fury is going to take make it out of pool number three because I like their logo, that is a valid argument to have. I mean, we chose. It's a, it's a Zapdos, right? I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I think so. I'll go check. You can you can keep talking. <laughs> okay. But honestly, we chose like for the first couple of episodes, we chose Masubi to win because they had the awesome sushi logo. So, if it's good enough for the the podcast hosts up here, it's good enough for me. Just once again, as long as you're nice about it and don't like say, "Oh no, your opinion is stupid because of blah 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 blah." And then we're going to have to step in and be like, "Hey man, that's not cool. Be nice." So those were the yeah, answers. It's a, it's a okay, sweet. So those were the answers for last week's question. This week's question, we are going to base it off of the play Pokemon segment in a little bit. We did have the first regional, but you know it's never too early to make meta predictions. So I want to know, what are your thoughts on the meta for the first round? Do you think it was a healthy meta? Do you think it was a bad meta? Same old, same old. Give us your feedback. Me personally, I was surprised that there were less Metachams, but it was still ranked as like the number one Pokemon. And if I remember correctly, Sableye was not in the at the top of the list. Yeah, just just in general, it's it's so much less cookie cutter. I mean, we might get to that point by the end of the season again, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, and especially since it was the very first, <clears throat> excuse me, very first regional a lot of people are willing to do outside the box thinking which is really nice i do also wonder if we'll get significant updates every like in-game season or if it was more of a hey this circuit is done so now we can make a bunch of changes and then they'll be pretty soft again after that but We'll see. I I hope we have some significant change-ups still, and it's not just like a new season, new me, but only as far as like the play Pokemon circuit is concerned. Right. I think that, well, <clears throat> excuse me, we can predict when the new seasons start, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like, yeah, there's January 1st, there's April 1st, there's July, July 1st, and or June 1st, excuse me. Wait, January 1st, March 1st. Is it is it January? Well, because this season ends... It should be December, right? Yeah, this season ends December 31st, so January 1st would make sense to be the start of the new season. Are you sure it's not December 1st? Now I need to look. Okay, yeah. Please please let me know, because I'm Cause thinking... Usually, usually 
it's three months, so it should be September, October, November. Oh, you're right. December 1st, March 1st, yeah. June 1st, September 1st, in that order. I was I was just a month ahead. My fault. So if you kind of look at that from the, the lens of the Play Pokemon circuit, they have, you know, three months. They do the, their massive move update, what we saw, June the 1st, which was going to be the meta for Worlds, because that's in August. And then September 1st is the start of the new season in Pokemon Go. It's also the start of the Play Pokemon. Well, technically it's July, but that's besides the point. We're going to use September 1st for right now. Is like the, the official start of like TCG, VGC, and VGC for the time being. Go had a little bit of a head start. They started in July because all the points for NAI, they weren't on a points format. So in this particular instance... This season for Go is going to be July, I want to say July to July, and then when Worlds is over and done with, it'll start again September 1st, or August 1st. That's semantics aside, and I'm very much getting into speculation. I don't know what the new season is going to bring yet, because it's the first season that we're doing this championship points format. That's a very long-winded way of saying, we might have significant move updates on the June 1st season update and the September 1st season update, and then little changes, you know, the other two ones, because we're like smack dab in the middle of, what's it called? We're like smack dab in the middle of the play Pokemon season, and they don't want to like upend it too much. That's at least my tinfoil hat theory. I think there was a, I think there was a, an answer in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but it, I, I hope we just don't get into another uh, cookie cutter build situation that we were kind of in for a little while there yeah i think that the players have kind of found that you can it's easy or it's getting easier to beat metacham because a lot of people are playing against it a lot of people are knowing how to play around it and so even though you know metacham might be like the staple to build your team around it doesn't necessarily mean like you're going to make top cut because the best players know how to play around the metacham all the while yeah. we're gonna we're gonna complain that you know Metacham is here. I don't know. I, th- I think I think your point was we've seen good answers to it. So just the fact that it's a strong Pokemon doesn't make it a bad thing. Yeah, and vice versa. A bad Pokemon doesn't necessarily mean it won't take you far. It just might have those those key wins where if you pair it up against if it gets paired up against a staple and it can beat it you know completely insert jealousant joke here you can do some really fun things with it or like cradley being an offshoot pick for the lantern knockdown core in milwaukee thank you home slice henry for that inspiration is that is that a good good enough segue for you to plug your upcoming local events yes because i am obligated to plug them <laughs> obligated slash mildly in your best interest yes but honestly it's about community building so when this episode goes live on the 16th when you're listening to this the next day on the 17th there will be a pokemon go league challenge in cedar rapids iowa at turtle power games at the lindale mall tournament will start at 3 p.m it's a five dollar entry fee but we have a team of four so if you show up the more the merrier Come get points for your world's invites and even meet some new friends and 
have some scrimmage partners. Like I said, the crew from Iowa City will be going up there, and we'll have a quote-unquote friendly rivalry. To be honest, I'm just happy to build the Cedar Rapids PvP community. It's been it's been years since I've talked with a lot of those peeps. I hope they they're still playing. I'm actually I'm kind of excited to see some locals pop up for that same reason where there's a lot of people I know who didn't really participate in Sylph after it went remote, so be be cool if they were enticed to show up to some in-person tournaments again. Yeah. And then on September the 23rd at Critical Hit Games in Iowa City, there will be the Pokemon Go League Challenge for September held at noon on that day. Once again, it's going to be like the this this entry fee is going to be free. So come on down, have some fun, you know, hang out, meet people. And it's going to be right before in the tournament will end right before community day. So you get out of the tournament. Then you go to the community meetup spot because Pogo IC is a Niantic Community Ambassador program and get some goodies for showing up. If you're one of the first eight people that finds me at the tournament, I will personally hand you a community ambassador code myself for in-game goodies. And then on September the 24th at Critical Hit Games in Iowa City, once again, we will have our very first League Cup for Pokemon Go. This League Cup is going to be special as there are more championship points on the line and it is a special tournament held once every three months so there will be players from the surrounding areas maybe even as far as nebraska wisconsin missouri and illinois showing up to our tiny little college town to play pokemon go it is also the same day as the Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh locals and so if we kick the Yu-Gi-Oh locals the Yu-Gi-Oh people out of the store i will not be upset but they're some they're really good friends of mine so they'll understand hopefully all things considered you know friendly banter and all that well the the head to is is a player at my dungeons and dragons group so it's a really tight knit group he he always plays a pacifist healer he and when i like say oh look you can hit this guy he goes i cast bless on someone else so i can't force him to hit people he just likes to heal and buff his his uh his party so that is the, the play Pokemon segment. On to the salsa bar. And this one, I don't know if it qualifies as a salsa bar because it ended up being a really good thing, but it still happened nonetheless, so we have to shame Taco for it. <laughs> I mean, it's only okay because it's like self-shame. <laughs> <laughs> no one's I mean, actually giving you any shit about it. Well, that's because we won. Can you imagine if we lost and it's like, ah, Taco, look what you could have done. So, anyway. So it was our very first bout of the season and our new teammate, Riblet, hadn't submitted a team. And so I, like like a ninny, I took one of the teams that he was drafting or he had drafted and I plugged it in thinking like, oh, that's his original, that's his team he's going to use. And then I go out to dinner and I'm like just drinking with some friends, having a good time. I get home at about 7.45. The lineups lock at 7 o'clock my time. And it's just like, hey, Taco, can you put this team in for me? And he put he messaged me at 6.40. And I go, no, because the teams had locked. And he goes, well, what am I playing with? And I said, this team. And I linked it to him. And he goes, oh, actually, that might be a little bit better. I like this matchup. Long story short, he ended up 3-0-ing with the team. 
but it's just like you know had had he lost that would have been my fault someday, yeah someday it could matter so just manager taco making the <laughs> mental note i guess right yeah manager taco has to be available between the hours of six and seven o'clock at least you know have his phone on ringer or have be next to a tablet or a computer sort or a computer to make sure that all the teams are entered my goodness but you know that that was a that was an oopsie and this time all the all the shenanigans got taken care of and there was still an hour and a half to spare for the teams to lock so i wanted to get that sauce bar out of the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we we got through it fine but yeah make 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 sure you're, you're taking it easy on your captains and getting those teams in early so no one has to stress <laughs> The captains are doing a lot more captain duties. So I'm honestly wondering if getting a manager or a non-playing manager was the play to keep the sanity that is being a captain of a team not so taxing. And I'm not cop and I'm this is not a cop out either. I really enjoy being y'all's captain. Thank you all for putting up with my shenanigans. So with the sauce bar out of the way. It is now time for some GBL, good old-fashioned GBL progress. I kicked it off last week, I think. So I'm going to start with you, Jet. How's your GBL progress coming along? So I took a little break after the leagues switched Ultra. At the past couple days, like after I got back home, I bit the bullet and I leveled the Entei up to Ultra so that I could continue my challenge and been going pretty okay and i might make it i might make it through rank 20 by the time the next changeover happens and i can you know have actually completed it properly but (laughs) (laughs) i've made it i've made it to rank 17 so far so chipping chipping away yeah you are exact you are one rank behind me my friend i've I've mostly been watching zimmy play on on twitch (laughs) Yeah, watching Zimmy play, and it's just like, ah, now I have to play. Because I have been inspired to do my battles. Not necessarily use the same Pokemon, because I don't have that many things built. But gosh darn it, it is inspiring to watch to watch Zimmy play. And hey, re- we've had we've had like almost two weeks of quad dust, so... <laughs> some, some reserve, hopefully, built up. Yeah, but then you build stuff that you want to use, and it's like, shoot. Now what? I don't know about you, but I'm closing in on 4 million dust, and I don't think I've ever had this much. Look, I'm closing in on 2 million, so... Which, you know, it's, it's slow It's slow going, I will admit. But it has been, it has been a journey. What is... Oh, right, you have... You have your favorite rotation coming up, right? I wouldn't say it's my favorite rotation. I would say it's the most smooth brain rotation. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because the meta is easy to crack. I have the mons built. I could use it to climb. Sounds sounds like you should use it to climb. I'm I'm gonna it's, try to hit rank twenty to get my Elo and then use it to climb. Weeks, What's that? It's it's two weeks. I did I stutter? <laughs> I said what I said. I, I I don't care if it's two weeks. Gosh darn it! 
I'm gonna do it so I can spend all two weeks climbing, not just gaining wins. No, that's 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 what I mean. Is like it's not just like a one week meta. Like you have two rotations basically of psychic cup. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I meant it as a you have a good chunk of time to maximize. <laughs> it might have been a good chunk of time to maximize it, but I still want my elo before it ultra league goes away. Because I'm trying to get past twenty six ten. And it's hard to do that when you're sitting at rank 18. <laughs> to be fair, that would put you with a lot of the top players in the world. So True, but there is going to be a weekend where I'm not touching GBO. Probably healthy. I mean, we can call it that, but I'll really be going to Peoria. <laughs> so, win-win-win? question mark <laughs> yeah you don't you don't need the distraction or maybe you will who knows we'll see no so I'll, i figured out what i have to do so i have to train with zimmy the night before have him just kick my butt up and down the up and down the game and then just go on an absolute tear with any luck we won't be meeting in our in pods but you know anything can happen so <laughs> I, like this is the first time we have enough people going where I can I can kind of hope for some dinner on dinner violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have three players, which is I I think it's the second most the second most players because I if I want to say the San Diego had more because I think it was uh, you. I must have I must have missed something you said. Uh, was it just overall players, or were you talking about teammates? Teammates. I'm talking, like, teammates overall. Like, in San Diego, you went, Donut went, and didn't Jack and Zimmy go? No, it was, it was just me and Donut. And then I misremembered. For that, I apologize. I'm just, I'm just glad that the events are so much less restricted now. Like, obviously, you still want to stay healthy as much as possible, but... It's it's nice that, you know, there's a few more spectator passes even. Yeah, I really hope my, my brother got one. Otherwise, he's just going to be like our giant chauffeur and <laughs> have fun doing something else. He's going to be the, the, the soccer mom. Just, all right, kids, have fun at the game. Just remember, my, I like fruit snacks with my with my snacks. But in all seriousness, I, I'm very excited to see how I'm very excited to see how the how everything shapes up. Well, and it'll be cool too if you can do some of the battles for that week just as kind of in-person coaching, you know? Yeah, I'll definitely be doing that as well. I'll be picking some... I'll be picking the brains of Shervine and Zimmy like in real time. And maybe even we get to take pictures! Yay! I don't know. My friends do <laughs> exist. <laughs> that is probably the saddest but most relatable thing ever. Like <laughs> the main reason why like, a lot of people go to these things, they go, Yeah, I have this friend I made we became friends during the pandemic and it's our first time seeing each other. I'm like, You've been friends for three years and you're just now meeting them. Yep. But in all seriousness, we haven't seen each other since twenty eighteen. 2019 
Some yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> so what does what does that say about us? <laughs> I mean, I, I just I flew over you twice the past month. So does that hey, count? I mean, you didn't you didn't like drop a a, a a gift basket or anything. You were just like bye. I mean, if I did, it had. <laughs> It carried the threat of death, so let's <laughs> let's, let's that, not. That, that's what parachutes are for, Jet. Like, come on, I can't think of everything. <laughs> Need to engineer the gift basket. God. That's fair. Okay, so with that out of the way, it is now time for us to call it a show. <laughs> is that it? Are we done? Can we be done now? <laughs> Never. The show will always go on. But thank you all so much for listening through i know this episode is going to be a little bit longer or a lot bit longer let's be honest here oh wait we we forgot to do something (laughs) it's fine it's fine are we are we just gonna leave it we'll we'll leave it okay that's fine all right (laughs) yeah if if you're in pools four or five and six i'm sorry that we did not get to y'all this week you'll be first on the docket for next week we promise yeah you get you get a double yeah, we'll, we'll spend some more time talking about y'all versus the one, two, and three pools. But anyway, like I said, we do appreciate everybody listening in, listening to all the episodes. It truly means a lot to us. You know, we're, we're going on the second year. We're on. It's just been like an amazing growth that I've, that I've been seeing. And I'm super happy to be a part of this community. And I'm really happy that the the discord is growing with so many players not so many players saying hey i love pvp but i don't know where to start and we kind of point them in the right direction before donut and riblet decide to take it off the rails (laughs) (laughs) speaking of choosing violence every every new channel i've made they just go full they just take it off the rails and i'm like hey guys how about no and then when when I say that, Donut goes, it's the people's channel now. <laughs> At this point, I'm just too scared to delete channels for fear of... <laughs> you, can, but, you can hear the drums in the deep. Yeah, I can. It's, it's scary. But getting back on track for a little bit, I do want to say thank you all so much for listening. It, it really means the most. And I'm not going to speak for Jet because he's here in the chat, in the in the recording booth with me. But it means a lot to us. But before we leave, we always, we have to let everybody know to always keep your dragon fangs sharp. Stay away from those fairy types. Ice types are overrated. And until next time, we will see you all in our next episode. Make sure to uh, stay focused through week two. <laughs> <laughs>